Yeah. Like when he yeah. dies, I'm like, that's what you get for having such a bad accent, mm. dick. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from Cinema Sins. Joined as always by the voice of Cinema Sins, Jeremy Scott. Hello. And from music video sins, Barrett Share. What up? What up, Sin Weekers? That's Ooh. right. Ooh. Today is the Sin Ooh. Week version of our podcast. It's going to be a basic podcast. It's not. It's you know. You know. You get. It might be some surprises in there. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. But uh, we're joined by a live audience of our of our uh, Sin Club members. What are the odds we forget that at some point and just go off the rails in a really uh, bad hundred percent? I'm already so. I've already yeah. I've already bet on the Detroit Lions. Like you know, <laughs> uh, to uh, to uh, that that's going to happen at some point. Um, that we're going to forget, and then we're just going to be like in a scandal. Oh my God, such a scandal. <clears throat> um. Anyway, I would like to acknowledge the people who are watching us live right now, and they mm-hmm. are commenting, and uh, they're excited, and they're and they're and they're making fun of us, and it's all good. It's awesome. I don't care. You just you 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 come at us. Come at us. I don't care. I don't care, bro. Come at me, bro. I don't care. <laughs> you come right after. I'm, I'm right a man. After. I'm forty. That's right. That's right. I'm forty four. <laughs> you wish you were 40 That's Shut right. up. Wish I was, yeah, no kidding um do we want to go right into it do we want to start uh talking about how how pissed off we are about things i feel like i'm taking crazy pills i'm as mad as hell you've never seen me very upset let's do it baby i mean, I mean there's plenty that. to be pissed off about in the world it's time for mm. rants it's time for rants uh who wants to who wants to kick us off Who's who's the angriest? Barrett, are you angriest? I'm pretty angry. Yeah, I want you to go uh, first. Let's do it. Okay. Now, we've talked about um, media uh, 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 advertising and stuff like that before. You mentioned spam recently. I yes. Mm-hmm. I will not be talking working. about spam, but I do feel like it, this commercial is spamming my brain. It is. Okay. So I haven't been watching a lot of the March Madness NCAA tournament. Right, because it's irresponsible and it's stupid, and one team already advanced by forfeit, and it makes me feel icky inside. But mm. when I do, mm. I can I cannot escape these goddamn motherfucking fucking shit ass Capital One commercials. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. The mm. ones with Jennifer, the ones with Jennifer Gardner are largely harmless. I guess they're they're unremarkable. She's adorable. We all love her, mm. but like. It doesn't tell me anything. I don't. I don't care. I don't care. But the ones with Charles Barkley, Samuel oh. L. Jackson, oh. and Spike Lee mm-hmm. drive me fucking nuts mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I don't know who they're for. They're for those three, I think, to just like fuck around and I guess make each other laugh. But they're not funny. They're not clever. They don't tell me what the fuck Capital One is. I don't give a shit. It's a card of some sort that you do points and shit. I've got a card that gives me points. I don't need this <clears> bullshit <throat> in my life. I have not. And I want it to leave. I need you to tell me about this commercial because I have not watched any of this tournament and I don't know this commercial, but same I already here. hate it. Same here. <clears throat> it's the same as it's always been. Remember, they've been doing these for the last uh, probably seven years or something like that, uh, where Spike Lee and Samuel Jackson and Charles Barkley 
act like they're bullshitting with each other and they're going to the the final four and it's going to be mm-hmm. fun but like we're giving charles barkley shit but no we're giving samuel l jackson shit oh. and they've continued this they brought in jim nance they brought in all kinds of weird people it, they're just they're not they're, they're not they're not pushing the product and they're pissing me off so i want weird. to avoid like, everything capital one related who's the weird people is it like i don't know charlotte mckinney or something i mean who's who's weird on the on these, <laughs> in these commercials? um you gotta figure that these credit card commercials work steve buscemi, <laughs> steve buscemi. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I mean, why would they advertise a credit card on television so heavily? And I, first of all, I mean, it's gotta be working for them, but as a viewer, I'm like, what, like you, are you, anyone out there, you ever watching TV and go, I'm going to switch, I'm going to switch credit cards to this card because Samuel Jackson on TV just told me to, um, or like when Seinfeld was doing all those American express commercials, how many people are like, because of that, I'm going to switch uh, but the, the, the car, uh, car insurance companies do this same shit where it just seems like, why are you advertising who's out there going, oh, God, I got to I got to switch car. Ins-. Like that the pain in the ass that car insurance is already like I want to go through all that paperwork with a new company. Exactly. Exactly. And and I, I see a, a few comments are like, oh, well, you lost me at commercials because I don't watch commercials anymore because I cut the cord because I'm Thank young you. and I'm awesome. And, like OK, but also. Like, if you watch live sports, which I don't think Dicer even does, he, like, records it and shit. He's, he's just all weird. Yeah, I've uh, spoiled golf tournaments for him. Yeah, well, if you watch live sports, which is the only Can't reason really I would watch. really spoil golf tournaments, though? <laughs> Fair enough. Point taken. Point taken. Uh, no, so if you watch live sports, there is some, on TV, there is some commercial influence. And God damn, it pisses me off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Subrant! Oh, Real shit, quick, a sub rant. Fuck Real me. quick, sub rant. As mm-hmm. I am watching these basketball sub tournaments, uh, I see the coaches masked, and I see the players on the bench masked and mm-hmm. distanced. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, that's a good idea because we're all inside. It's unregulated. These guys are probably going out to like see whores at night and bringing that shit back. Yeah, uh, they're, they're, not, they're not doing that. They're not going to see whores? No. Oh. No. Well, anyway, <laughs> college kids, not, college kids go to see whores. Can't, can't afford that unless, I don't know, they've got agents already. I guess uh, they, do. they got boosters sliding them mm-hmm. cash mm-hmm. every time mm-hmm. they, yeah. And whores. Mm-hmm. Okay. There you go. <laughs> anyway, under the, under the door, anyway, you're talking about them. You were talking about the masks, Barry. the masks. Okay. <laughs> so what happens is the coach gets all fired up and like, uh, like bonerific and he pulls down his mask and he yeah. starts yelling at, whoever the referee or the players or the other team and everything. And then when he's done talking, puts a mask back on. It's, it's kind of pointless. I mean, what are we either, doing here folks? Either everybody is safe and they can go out on the court and, 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 and do whatever they're doing or they're not. I don't, yep. I've never understood this whole thing. Well, you got to get masked, but it's okay if you pull it down and yell and, and throw all of your droplets everywhere. That's the one That's, time you should have that fucking mask I, on. I man. know. Well, you know, Hey, they, they, you know, they, I think coaches a lot of times uh, depend on their lips being red, uh, which I getting, understand. Yeah. But like it, it you know, I, it's almost like you should just go ahead and have some sort of policy where, uh, you've been tested beforehand and you have, you've had this two weeks of quarantine and then you can, 
you know, whatever. I mean, there's, there's no point in having this mask. I don't think at this point, if you're, if you're on the court, I don't think. At this I agree. Point, right. I agree. Either do it or not do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do or do not. There is, no there is no try. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. true. Yeah. I, um, I was angry about spam a couple of weeks ago and, and mm-hmm. what I considered to be a very, very poor marketing strategy. Spam, 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 I'm going to, spam, spam, spam. I'm going to go down the same path today. Mm. With nobody out pizzas the hut. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah. again, I, my preface will be: I'm sure this is making them millions. I'm sure if you opened up their books, they're selling like crazy. But this is the dumbest fucking slogan I've ever heard. Like, <clears throat> first of all, pizza is not a verb, and I don't care if you want to make it a verb. Uh, <laughs> nobody pizzas anything. So, of course, nobody out pizzas the hut because even the hut is not pizza ink. They are mm-hmm. making food and selling it. Then you've also changed your name, essentially, with this slogan from Pizza Hut to The Hut, which is making me think of Jabba more than it would pizza. That's true. And or think, Pizza or the Hut from Spaceballs. That's right. <laughs> pizza the Hut. He ate himself. Mm-hmm. So death. I feel like the ad wizards that came up with this, I should get all their money um, because – they're dumb and they won't spend it well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was driving with my wife talking about this because we drove past a pizza hut. And I'm just tired of the slogan, nobody out pizzas the hut. And I started doing it with other restaurants. Like nobody out Jimmy's the John. <laughs> <laughs> nobody out mix the D. Nobody out <laughs> burgers the king. That one kind of works. Um, anyway, uh, my real rant has nothing to do with that. But because Barrett put a sub rant in the pre-show notes i took the liberty of preparing uh, that mini rant and my, my real rant which is uh stop lying to me when you're marketing a movie um the two main examples i can think of is jj abrams with into darkness where he swore up and down publicly that cumberbatch was not playing con mm-hmm. <clears throat> and of yeah. course cumberbatch is playing con mm-hmm. i realized that leaks can happen and that Maybe you're trying to protect some story integrity or surprise. Um, and it's pretty humorous the way that moment plays in the movie after all of his denials where there's that huge pause and he says his name. Con. Um, <clears throat> the most recent example is Tom Holland and the third Spider-Man movie, which has a title. It's uh, No Way Home, even mm-hmm. though everybody in print and online keeps calling it Spider-Man 3 for some reason, which is a print all of its own. But mm-hmm. Tom Holland has has gone on the record a couple of times now, essentially trying to dispel the notion that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are going to be in this movie. Um, and the way he's phrased it is infuriating to me because he does not deny it. He says, if they are, then they've managed to keep a very big part of the movie secret from even me. Mm. That is not a goddamn denial. Now, earlier this week, some rumor sites were circulating a, a picture that was deleted on Instagram of Andrew Garfield's stunt double on set of this movie. Fuck, if you go to IMDb, it says Otto Octavius is in the movie being played by Alfred Molina. Like, they're not even hiding most of these cameos. So, first of all, why try and hide these two at this point? Um, to do it, you have to lie to me. So if I see this movie and those two fuckers are in it, I'm going to be mad. I'm not going to be able to even enjoy that moment 
because I'm going to be mad that I got lied to by some marketing spin bullshit. Now, I want to point out one thing. Christopher Nolan manages to make big-ass budget movies with huge stars and almost never has leaks about the story. Almost never. It can be done. If you mm-hmm. want to make a movie and not have leaks, you need an ironclad NDA and you need to enforce that shit. And this kind of thing will never leak out in the first place. Again, we're in the age of the internet. You can't avoid some of this information. But they, I feel like they want it both ways. They want major casting announcements to create buzz for the movie in months leading up to it and while they're shooting so that it's top of mind. But then they want to lie about all that shit and pretend they didn't spoil anything. Um, so Remind me know, what they what they did with uh, Into the Spider Verse. Did they advertise who was going to be in that, like uh, the actors and the voice cast and stuff like that? Because you you knew that there was going to be several different Spider Men. I yes. think we even knew that John Mulaney was going to be playing Spider Pig. We knew that but Nick Cage was going to be in it. Yeah, obviously that didn't spoil anything for that film when it came but, out. Well, why would it though? I mean, the, the spoiler would be somebody returning that hasn't been there. Uh, whereas into the spider verse, you know, it doesn't matter if it's Nick cage or, or John Mulaney or anybody. I mean, those doesn't matter spoilers. if these guys are returning though. Like, I don't well, know. I mean, why, maybe it does. Why draw the line there? You are, you are, you've already admitted on IMDb. You're bringing back the Spider-Man two villain from Raimi's film. So, it's such an arbitrary place to draw the line. Like we know there's a lot of people from other movies and from previous spider things in this. Mm. Uh, Just tell us everything or fucking lock down your shit, man. Like not everything has to be leaked. All we knew about tenant until we saw a trailer was that it was probably about palindromes. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. You can do it. It can be done. By, By the way, I was reminded in the comments that I called him spider pig, which of course is, from the Simpsons movie <laughs> and not <laughs> spider ham. I didn't catch right. you. I neither. I mean, spider pig, he is spider pig. I mean, you know, stop it. You know I mean? It's uh, he, he definitely, he definitely is spider pig after, after the Simpsons created that. And if you do anything with pigs and spiders, they're spider pigs. So let's just try the spider ham stuff. Yes, anyway, sir. the, um, uh, my rant is about recycling. I know everybody's excited about that. Um, <laughs> Mm, uh, yeah, I, I haven't. I, I just saw this. Did you guys see the John Oliver this past Sunday? That talked uh, about I did plastics? not. No. Um, I've seen it. There, Trevor Noah's done one, uh, and uh, and uh, now John Oliver's done one, and and basically he says, you know, pretty much like it's like eight percent of all plastic even gets recycled. Um, hmm. uh, mostly it's like bottles and. Uh, some very common type of items and everything uh, also depends on where you live and everything. Uh, but uh, one of the things that bothers me is cause they, there's a point where they, they show this guy out in the middle of a uh, like a, just a field of plastic. It's like the matrix. It's like, there are fields, Neo, you know, <laughs> endless fields of plastic. And um, this guy is like, is talking about wish cycling, which is where people throw something in the recycling bin, hoping that it might be able to get recycled. <laughs> so stuff like umbrellas and things like that. Uh, problem is, uh, and he shows the umbrella, you know, uh, the problem is there are items that you feel like are on the list that still may be wish cycling 
uh, which you're, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to be hearing this term a lot more, uh, after that John Oliver, uh, uh, episode. Uh, and, and, and Jeremy, I don't know if you're like me with your cats and you get the, you get a lot of these small cans of cat food, mm-hmm. um, that are, you know, they're, they're pretty small. It's like a, about that, about that yeah. wide. Um, and, uh, and I always, when I go to the recycling place, I'm like, don't know if this is big enough to get recycled. I don't know what to do with the lid. I don't know if there's any, and you know, I put the lid inside the little can and and of course the lids are going to fall out. So there, but then, you know, you go to a website and the website will say, oh, we only take this size of can, but then you go to the actual recycling place and it's like cans. Aluminum cans. Cans. So there's no baby, only cans. Yeah, they actually, <laughs> only show cans. On, they actually show on there, don't throw babies in there. Don't throw um, babies in the recycling. That's, <laughs> that's right. That's a bridge. Uh, <laughs> Bones, maybe. Yeah, but exactly. Not the skin and tissue. Bones are all right. That's right. That's right. Um, but uh, but no, you, you, you I, I throw, I, I, I usually stick to the simple things. Bottles. And, 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 and aluminum cans and things like that. And then cardboard is cardboard. As long as it's not, you know, has pizza stains and stuff like that. You don't want to throw those in there, but if it's clean, you throw the cardboard, cardboard's easy, but then there's so many other things that there are rules about, and there's not a standard. They need to like have a thing that you go to and you're like, don't throw this in. I mean, every possible thing. Yeah. needs to be listed on that yeah. thing because they there's should. so many things you can buy at a grocery store. They should. Yeah, I agree. This is kind of fucked up. Like the city I live in decided a few years back not to do citywide recycling because they were going to have to pay the recycling center so much money just to take that shit off our hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my wife and I signed up for a standalone service that is not sponsored by the city. And the rules have changed three times since we signed up. And there's like a number on the bottom of every plastic thing and they take some of the numbers, but not all of the numbers. Yeah. So I literally have to take every plastic bottle and look for this number. Is this the kind they'll take or not? And then like we got a letter. I hope it went to every customer, not just me, but it, it, we got a letter that said, listen, if it's a tiny, if there's one of those new miniature cans of Coke that they're selling at the store, that's too small. Don't give us that hmm. shit. And what is plastic- the, I haven't even heard of this. The two small cans. There's a yeah they have these new like mini size cans that are like eight eight ounces I think yeah um, all the soft drinks and they're too the recycling center doesn't want them they're too small and they don't want the any fuck? of my my plastic bottles lids I have to throw the lids in the trash but the bottle can go um, mm. and glass they won't take and I'm like well glass is to my knowledge one of the I realize the facility isn't set up for it, but it's one of the easiest materials to recycle mm-hmm. because you just heat it a lot and then reshape it and yeah. you're done. Um, <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm sure I simplified it. Uh, all <laughs> you recycling experts out there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. so no, I agree. It's messed up and it needs to get fixed uh, because we're trying to do something, what little we can to be good to the earth. And this, the system makes it so hard. A lot of people just give up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. And that's how, uh, early on when recycling first started becoming a thing, it got easily attacked, right? Because there were, uh, the cost to recycle was so much higher than it was to actually throw stuff away. Uh, but the point was to get to that point where it wasn't as costly anymore. 
But the problem is people were like, oh, it's already, it's too expensive. Let's just, let's go ahead and stop. And it's like, yep. no, the point was to try to get as many people on board as possible so that it wouldn't be too expensive. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I get this sense that I, when I throw these like cat food cans in the thing, I'm, I'm screwing everything up and I, <laughs> I, and I'm debating on whether or not just to throw them away now. Um, and, uh, and, and, but then if, if I find out later, oh, well, there's a place that takes those, then I'm going to feel bad that I threw them away anyway. Yeah. Give me a, con give me something I can conform to. And I will, uh, if you tell me to throw those little cans away, I will, but, uh, stop being so different everywhere that I look for information, websites at the recycling place, at a different recycling place. You know, that's all, that's all I ask. That's all I ask guys. Sons of bitches. Yeah. Sons, sons of, of bitches. bitches. <laughs> uh, anybody got any recommends and warns? Totes amazeballs. They're great. It won the Academy Award. Oh, for what? For best movie ever made. Ooh, 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 can I go? Can I go? Can oh, I go? Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Okay, so I want to recommend uh, with the fullness of my entire throat. That was gross. Um, a movie called Spontaneous. Uh, ah, that I tweeted mm. about, and then I also told you guys all privately about it. And not a single person I have told about it had ever even heard of it. And I had not heard of it until I saw it on this Epics movie channel, um, <clears throat> which I realize not a lot of people have. Um, and if that's the only way to watch it, I apologize. Um, but maybe you can buy a Blu-ray or a DVD. Um, this movie is part horror, part comedy, part romance part drama part sci-fi and it kind of all works um <clears throat> it's got i gotta look it up shit spontaneous this is a good radio um i want to say the name of the girl that's in this because she's in knives out is it Catherine langford yes Catherine langford um oh. uh it's on a service called sling slearing slearing oh, never mind um, you're not gonna be able to find this movie apparently, and I'm an asshole. It's awesome. Um, basically, people at the school, teenagers exclusively, start spontaneously combusting, um, like literally exploding. Um, and against that backdrop, you follow this this character played by Catherine Langford um, and her boyfriend. All the synopsis call him a boyfriend, but they start dating in, in this movie. They're not, the movie doesn't open with them dating. Uh, and he's played by Charlie Plummer. Um, <clears throat> and they have really good chemistry. Mm. And this movie is sharp as a tack when it comes to humor. It's it, the performances are all fascinating. Basically is more and more people, more and more teenagers at this one school keep exploding. The fucking government comes in they basically arrest all the students and take them to this clean facility where they give them, you know, cushy chairs and playstations, but they don't let them leave. And people start exploding in there. Um, and it's just, I don't want to see this. It's just incredible. I have never seen anything like it. It's a 98 on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it's uh, not that well reviewed by IMDb. It's a 6.5 at IMDb, but those ratings are really nebulous to me. Um, at least I know how Rotten Tomatoes calculates theirs. Uh, so I don't think I'm sending you to something you're going to hate, although I should let you know, people explode in this movie, um, and it's pretty graphic. So, and, and there are lots of other triggers in this movie. There's um, substance abuse, there's suicidal 
conversations. Um, my favorite bit is this one side actress that kills me. I've seen this movie three times, by the way, in the last week. Of course, you uh, course. <laughs> they when they get taken to this clean facility, um, <clears throat> they they do this thing where they it's kind of like in Armageddon where they're interviewing all the deep oil drillers and it keeps cutting from one interview to the other and they're all kind of funny little vignettes. Uh, and so they're they're basically interrogating all these students and one kid keeps asking for a lawyer uh, and their main character has you know, gets asked questions but this one girl in there, <laughs> she steals the whole movie, man. The lady asking questions says, what do you think about this girl? It's the first girl that died and exploded. And oh, she goes, hot. I'd tap that. And she goes, well, what did you think about this guy? And it's the high school quarterback who exploded. And she's like, also hot, also tap that. And then it keeps cutting to other vignettes, but it cuts back to her and the lady. You hear this voice go, um, how often are you angry? She goes, all the time. And it's, but it's kind of a calm delivery. And the doctor says, are you angry right now? And she goes, fuck yeah. <laughs> fucking slays me every time <laughs> um and at one point our main character goes on a, a bender and it shows her like at a high school dance they let him dance because you know they're trying to make him happy about people exploding but mm-hmm. it just cuts to her nonchalantly dumping a bunch of alcohol into the sham into the punch bowl and the teachers are just staring at her doing nothing um there's so much unique shit in this movie that i haven't seen the sense of humor is sharp but by the end it makes you feel feels and uh, makes you think. And um, I think it's got a lot to say about, I mean, some of the metaphors are pretty obvious, like hormones bursting out of teens and you feel like you're going to explode young mm-hmm. love and all that. Um, but it, it, it handles it all really, really well. I was really impressed. And this is a feature directorial debut um, for a guy named Brian DeFeld or DeField. Mm. And he is known mostly for writing that Netflix movie, The Babysitter, with Samara oh, Weaving. Yeah. And <laughs> he wrote uh, Underwater, the Kristen Stewart movie that you guys ragged on me for liking. Um, <clears throat> so if you can find it, uh, I think you'll like it. Um, it's, now, it's now in the pantheon of my horror comedies, like uh, Tucker and Dale and Cabin in the Woods. Um, wow. It's going right up there. I was, I really, really was charmed by it. Sounds like my, sounds like my kind of bag. I, I think I yeah. would watch this uh, and enjoy it uh, pretty. I, I, I love those little. I don't know. There, I don't. We, I, we wouldn't call this high concept, but like, uh, it's got. I, I, one thing that I feel like Blumhouse has been has been sort of uh, encouraging over the last uh, couple of years is is doing a horror movie that has that one little hook yeah. to it, like mm-hmm. that. And, uh, and that's sort of been their, um, that's sort of been their trademark. I don't, I, I, this is probably not a Blumhouse, but, uh, but, uh, it's got that same kind of feel, right. Where there's this one little thing that's, you know, makes this world different and it's, uh, and, uh, I, I'm, I'm looking, I'm going to, I'm going to watch this for sure. Yeah. A lot of people, uh, I've seen compare it to, uh, warm bodies, even though mm. I think the only similarity is uh, horror and comedy and romance, mesh together there's the movies aren't really anything alike uh but the tone i think is similar um yeah, yeah i can't wait saw, to hear what you guys think you guys saw warm bodies right yeah mm-hmm. that was uh nicholas holt yep yeah uh, is is it is it good i liked it it's okay. yeah it's all right. oh really mm-hmm. oh i thought it, it just looked horrible to me oh no i thought <clears> it's 
it's not without its charm. I don't think it's as good as this movie I'm ranting about or raving about. Mm-hmm. Ranting and raving. Ranting and raving. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So last night, uh, I uh, I woke up at about one thirty in the morning and uh, could not get back to sleep. And I uh, turned on uh, uh, Amazon Prime. There was the um, they they were showing a a movie. Hey, we got this movie for free, and it's it was called Late Night. The Mindy Kaling Emma Thompson oh, yeah. movie came out couple years ago i was like all right i'll see if i can watch this to the point that i go to sleep ended up watching the whole thing oh that's ended up watching the whole thing. um uh the movie came out a couple of years ago and it had i think some pretty good advanced reviews uh and it was uh i believe it was coming out in may of 2019 and um and uh, I, it just it just came and went and i and i didn't see it and i had forgotten about it uh but uh I don't know. Last night I watched it. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Hmm. Um, uh, there's something about this, uh, that's, I don't know. It's very modern. It's not like, it's not like let's make Emma Thompson almost like, I don't know. Let's not make Emma Thompson what a man would do in this movie. You know, it's let's, let's, you know, let's make her an actual, I think she's playing a 56 year old woman who's been, on on the air for 28 years and she's a legend at this point but her show has been tanking in the ratings in the last 10 years because she sort of started to fall out of touch and 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 not caring much about her writing team her writing team is a is a bunch of of white dudes uh there's no females on the staff mindy kaling comes in and uh when emma thompson basically says i need to start hiring women um Mindy Kaling comes in there and she has no comedy writing experience whatsoever. Um, she is coming from a, uh, a chemical factory of some sort chemical plant to keep saying a factory. And she's like, it's a chemical plant, not a factory. What's the difference? You know, that kind of thing. Um, uh, but, uh, she won a contest where she could meet any executive that she wanted. And she ended up meeting the executive who owns her chemical plant, who also owns the company that owns the station, that you know the the uh the broadcasting company and that's how she got in uh basically because she's the only woman who shows up in this interviewing process she immediately gets into the writer's room and of course this writer's room is not uh happy to see this woman come in although it's not like a typical movie where everybody's just stupidly sexist and like it's just it's it's mean and wrong which is what how i think this movie would play in 2005 or something mm-hmm. you know yeah that's the one thing about this and there was a moment in this movie that i really liked uh, mindy kaling is talking about how uh she, she's watching emma thompson's old stand-up act that she did before she was on a, on the show and uh and she said that you know i've watched she, mindy kaling t- tells emma thompson i've watched this stand-up uh, hundreds of times or whatever. And, uh, and you talk about being depressed a lot and, and, uh, and it's, and, and, and I was like, were you really depressed or was that part of the act? Because it was very important to me to hear that somebody who was depressed could be so funny. And, uh, and it was, uh, it's a really good moment in that, in, in, in the movie, this is one of those movies that's not laugh out loud, funny all the way through it, but like 
if you if we judge comedies by how many times they try for something and it doesn't land this doesn't have that many uh mm. of those mm. um and uh uh, I think it's, I think it's really well done. I really enjoyed the performances in this. I was not, exp- Emma Thompson's kind of in a different uh, role than she's ever played. Uh, I mean, in the end, it's kind of like devil wears Prada a little bit. Mm. Um, except, uh, I mean, except Emma Thompson is not like, uh, you know, like she's not playing Anna winter and she's not being this like, like, almost anti-human person uh, <laughs> about things. Uh, uh, but it's got that same kind of like uh, new, new, new girl at the, at the, at the workplace vibe. And, uh, and it's fun seeing her Mindy Kaling trying to work her way into this writer's room, trying to work her ideas into the show and what she does wrong and what she does right and everything like that. And so I highly enjoyed this movie. Um, it could have been that I was up at one thirty, and this is this was the perfect movie for me at the time. But I really, really liked it. Hmm. It was a late night that you watched late night. Yes, this was uh, on the uh, on the flight to uh, Paris uh, a couple of years ago. This was on uh, the, uh, the the options, and I ended up watching like the Long Shot and Happy Death Day to You and stuff like that. And this was going to be my next one. Uh, but I ran out of time. We flew mm-hmm. into Paris. Man, it's rare that a flight isn't long enough. <laughs> <laughs> You're not kidding. Especially a fucking red eye. <laughs> Those can eat my dick. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, jeez. What have I done? You did it. Hey, okay. I got a warn. Ooh. I did it. I pulled a Jeremy the other day. Nice. Mm. Put a I put a HBO a series uh on or you know the series of channels and i was like i want to see something i haven't seen before and i stopped on cold creek manor and i i i knew this movie existed but i got it confused with the renee zellweger uh hillbilly uh meth uh movie the uh cold mountain i don't think it has anything to do with meth uh Mm. but I, i thought it was cold mountain and so i looked at the description and it's a horror thriller about mm. a dude it's like a single white female slash lakeview terrace situation where like a dude is interfering with the family trying to be a family or the vince vaughn uh john travolta movie uh domestic terrorism or whatever the fuck it was uh, where where there's a single dude that's fucking up a family and it's got a good cast dennis quaid sharon stone and your girl case two this is mm. 2003 so it's mm. young case too. It's not panic room young uh, case too, but it's it's still young case too. Mm-hmm. Also has Juliette Lewis and Christopher Plummer. Mm. So I'm like, hey baby, this is my kind of movie, right? Mm-hmm. It is it is the hottest of garbage. I, mm. I it may be. I know I'm being hyperbolic here. It may be the worst movie I've ever seen. Oh, okay. well. Yeah. Oh, Ooh. oh, I forget the guy that that fucks the shit up is uh skeet all not skeet all rich oh no it's steven it's steven dorf (laughs) (laughs) those are two sides of the same coin baby (laughs) i was thinking like hot dream boats from the 90s and steven dorf (laughs) he plays the evil guy okay so it's it's it, it got to a point where i was like man i really want to like this movie because it starts off with like you know a regular home invasion premise. And and I like that kind of movie. Uh, but man, it turns, there's this weird uh, transition thing. There's a lot of fades to black 
and a lot of cross dissolves and stuff like that. It makes it look like it's very, very serious, but it's not. Uh, eventually, uh, Skeet Dorf, uh, Stephen Dorf, uh, is gets gets all uh, crazy because he he used to live in the house before them. They move into this upstate New York house and and all that and and set down roots. They're from the city. Sharon Stone is a is like an executive that quits her job, and uh, Dennis Quaid is a documentarian. Uh, but Stephen Dorff gets pissy with them because they're moving into his old house and he attacks them by putting poisonous snakes all throughout the house. Mm, mm. Of course, that's mm. how you do it. That's right. You've never seen comedy funnier than watching Sharon Stone, Dennis Quaid, Kristen Stewart, and the other kid react to all these snakes falling on them. It is the funniest fucking sequence that you will see ever it's like ah! mm-hmm, and then they mm-hmm. run into the other room and they're like ah! mm-hmm. and then they run outside and they're like, ah! yeah. oh my god it's so great and then i uh, like uh, it, it christopher Plummer is like this evil bastard that's about to die mm-hmm. steven dorf goes like super evil at the end you know how like uh fucking uh final the one with rebecca gayhart uh, urban legends urban where legend. like as soon as she as soon as she goes nuts she's like ding 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 and like all Yo, freaky and everything oh my god that's what steven dorf does man and mm-hmm. it, it it's it's just absolutely ridiculous this was directed by mike figgis who Ooh. directed who directed uh like good stuff he directed uh well not he directed loss of sexual innocence leaving las vegas is his big one leaving las vegas is much more recognizable than the loss of sexual innocence uh but he did time code he did uh the richard gear internal affairs thing like he has a a record of doing good kind of out there stuff but man this fucking sucked so hard it was the worst but i couldn't stop watching because i wanted to see uh how how it ended Sharon mm-hmm. Stone disappears from the movie. Dennis Quaid gets all weird. Uh Stephen Dorf. Stephen Dorf uh hits his hits his girlfriend played by Juliette Lewis, who turns out to be knocked up at the end with a dwarf baby. And uh mm-hmm. <laughs> this movie was fun to watch. It's terrible. It's yep. so terrible. <laughs> I kinda want you guys to watch it just because it's so terrible. Uh Mm, probably uh, not what a pass probably not yeah. this is like on, on the level of consenting adults chris like if this came on oh. Oh. uh it gives you a strong <laughs> consenting adults vibes they have to watch it then. <laughs> without without the blatant sex consenting adults is awful but it's all but it's uh but it's it is fun to watch it is fun yes to it watch. is yeah are we gonna do another round yeah do another round uh, I can't decide. Uh, I was I was prepared to warn a movie that I've tried, but I've been thinking about warning for weeks now. But I also watched a movie yesterday that was really boring. Actually, I'll go with the the original plan because I don't want to rant about a boring movie. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to warn you against the film Bombshell with Charlie Theron and Margot Robbie, uh, and half of all of Hollywood. If you go down through the list it's absurd how many people are in this i'll give you a little taste john lithgow allison janney malcolm mcdowell kate mckinnon connie Britton, uh jennifer morrison uh it just goes stephen root mark duplass duplass duplassy <laughs> um <clears throat> you did two pronunciations and neither were right <laughs> it's duplass 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 <laughs> i don't give a shit 
<laughs> Spell your name like a normal person. Um, so this is uh, the purported uh, behind-the-scenes look at how Roger Ailes, the head of Fox News, went down due to uh, toxic workplace, sexual harassment, and other skeezy behaviors. Now, I'll stay at the start of this. I'm going to born against and trash a movie. Um, I don't want that to be mixed up with the real people that this movie portrays or my opinions of them. Uh, Because from all accounts, Roger Ailes was a scumbag and treated women horribly for years and abused uh, many of them uh, verbally and physically and it's not good. And a movie like this probably needed to be made. But one of the problems I think Hollywood has lately is making these kind of movies right away. Yeah. Like that Brendan Gleeson Trump movie yeah. or that Kenneth Branagh Boris Johnson movie. Or the fucking uh, Julia Assange uh, Cumberbatch mm-hmm. thing. Yes. Yeah. I don't, I, it's way too soon. And I don't think we have enough perspective. And I think it shows because this movie. I don't want to be this guy, but this movie is pervy uh, in ways that it shouldn't be like, okay. My biggest, my biggest beef is everybody's biggest beef. I'm not breaking any new ground, but um, they made up an entire person that didn't exist and cast Margot Robbie. Mm -hmm. And they made her a hot religious lesbian that works at Fox news. And uh, I feel like the patriarchy got a hold of this movie in many ways. And this was one, there's a key scene. The movie thinks it's really important where to further her career, instead of just being a a researcher, she schemes to get introduced to Roger Ailes and she gets into his office and gets some alone time. And it kind of cuts from her being led to the office to them mid conversation. And she's like, you know, praising Megan Kelly for how strong she is in the face of all the Trump bashing she's had to deal with. And, you know, basically sucking up to Roger Ailes saying, you know, how great Fox news is and all this stuff. And then he pivots and says, you know, it's a visual medium. So can you go stand over there and pull your skirt up a little bit? And the scene drags, on and on, like four or five different times, he tells her, no, further up, further up, to where you can see her underwear. And it's, I swear to God, it's shot in a way. It's supposed to make you uncomfortable, but it's not shot that way. It's shot sexy and mm. and leering. And maybe it's trying to put you in the shoes of Roger Ailes. Why would you do that? Um so this is one third of this entire story. We've got we've got Gretchen Carlson and Megan Kelly. This is Nicole Kidman and Charlize Theron. These are real people who really went through this and really had to get lawyers and sue Fox News that ultimately got Roger Ailes, fi- Roger Ailes fired after more people came forward. But to help sell that, you had to create an entirely fictional, hot Christian lesbian whose only dream in life is to work for Bill O'Reilly or host a Fox news show. Like mm. there's enough material here. You didn't have to do that. And then it's got that scene from the trailer where all three of the women are on the elevator at the same time. It means nothing. It means nothing to me. Uh, mm. This is like if Oliver Stone had made W 
and fictionalized an entirely extra Bush brother who made George <laughs> look even worse. <laughs> it's not necessary. <laughs> and it completely undercuts the seriousness of what you claim with this film to be going for. We want to expose what really happened with this dirtbag. But in order to do it, we're going to have to make up an entire character that didn't exist. It'll add dramatic weight, I promise. Ah, I was so annoyed with this film. Um, uh, and it's all style over substance for me, and I did not enjoy it. I, I I watched Bombshell when it came out. I don't remember liking it too much, but it also came out uh, as Oscar movies do, where there's that slew of movies that come out in late December and everything. So it was just one of many uh, Oscar movies I was watching to catch up. And I don't remember why I didn't like it too much, but, uh, um, but yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't a big fan of that movie for some reason. Um, who plays Roger Ailes? Is it, uh, Lithgow? I think it's Lithgow. Yeah. Yeah. It's Lithgow with mm-hmm. a, a lot of makeup and even I'm troubled even by his performance. Um, mm. the, the, the only part of the movie that worked for me was Charlize Theron and Duplass who plays her husband, um, and she's she's playing Meg and Kelly, and there's they have good chemistry, um, and that storyline is interesting, um, but it's just bloated. It's bloated, and there are all of these really weird cameos. Like there's a scene where it pans over to a bunch of interns as Bill O'Reilly holds court, and it's like it looks like rubber Bill O'Reilly. Like it looks mm. like him, but I know yeah. underneath that is a guy that looks like me. And you just <laughs> crafted putty over his face to make him a, a similar mm-hmm. Geraldo cameo. Uh, it's just weird. It's, it's a, the movie is just weird. I did not like it. The end. Do you oh. think it would be okay if uh, they had just focused on like Megan Kelly's character and like Charlize, or do, do you think, think you, that they were really going Gretchen for Carlson? That just just focus on Gretchen Carlson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, that's that's where all the shit went down was with her. So yeah. I mean, yeah, Megan Kelly had her had her uh, stuff that she had to deal with too, and and uh, as did a lot of women. But like, that's the big story out of that whole thing. So um, they could have they could have kept it to that. And I don't know. They they when I think when you throw in so many stars and people that you like to see, and then you and then you decide, eh, we're gonna give them a, a small amount of the movie uh, to split up and and everything you you get disoriented uh, mm-hmm. and especially uh, when they tried to make Charlize Theron look so much like Megan Kelly yeah. yeah it's 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 kind of off-putting like it's it like it's like you start looking for flaws in the way she doesn't look like Megan Kelly rather than yeah. how much she looks like her so there's a lot of things that are distracting in that movie um so yeah, uh, I, I'm with you on this one. I haven't seen it since it came out, but uh, yeah, I, I I wasn't a big fan of it. Um, mm. Mm, yeah, mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend a movie that we've probably talked about a bit. Have we have we talked a lot about Nightcrawler really before? I think we talked about it once for a few minutes. Um, um, but I'm I'm here for it. I could talk about that movie every day. Yeah. This is a movie that gets better every time you watch it. Mm. It's becoming it's becoming one of those that I, I'm I'm going to easily put in my best of the last decade um, 
Uh, and, and it's just so good. Um, Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal in this movie is, is terrifying. Uh, but it's, I don't know. There's something about his performance. I've never seen anything like this. This is his best he's ever been. Mm. I've never seen, I've never yeah. seen Southpaw, which is, was another one that he got a lot of. I have. For. Uh, but, um, in Nightcrawler, he's just so good. Immediately, um, he, he starts off, you know, you see him, uh, uh, trying to break into, he's like snapping some of uh, this fence outside of, uh, some sort of facility. He's trying to steal copper wire and stuff like that. Uh, and, uh, a security guard comes by and he immediately just beats that dude up and, and then he tries to sell that to some place, this construction site. And, and it, and the, the first guy that he deals with, the first guy that he deals with deals with, uh, deals with him exactly how you should deal with people like this. Like, <laughs> like very, very not open to mo- most of the things that he's asking for. He's very earnest. He, 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 he very much, he's like, he's kind he's persistent. He doesn't care about getting insulted. He's one of, he's your worst nightmare. If you're not a, if you're a person who can't deal with people like this, because you'll for, for a lot of people, it's like, I want to do anything I can to get this guy off my back. And, and, and so that he'll stop talking to me. And, uh, but this guy just keeps on shutting him down everywhere. It's like, it's like Hall's like, I want a job and everything. And he goes, he goes, nah, I don't, I don't think so. And he's like, and, uh, and he just keeps trying, keeps trying. And finally just gets completely shut down. Um, but, but Hall eventually, uh, uh, sees a wreck on the side of the road and he sees, uh, Bill Paxton, uh, and, uh, and, uh, uh, and, uh, an assistant, uh, filming it basically for the news. It's there. They're a, um, they're, a, I can't remember. They there's a, there's a slang term they use for them. Uh, it's, it, it, it's not, I don't think it's Nightcrawler. There's something else that they, they <laughs> death do. eaters. Yeah. Death eaters. <laughs> um, but, uh, but he sees what he, what, what he does and he asked Bill Paxton about it and, and, uh, asked if he can even get a job with him and everything. Paxton is like, yeah, fuck you, dude. No, I don't have enough money. You know, I don't have enough money to, to hire somebody to do this. So Hall, being the go getter he is in this movie decides to start doing it on his own. And he, you see him, this is like, <laughs> this is like when a sociopath starts a business, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is about a, a movie about somebody like that starting his own business and being good at it. Like learning at, learning at the bottom of this whole thing, like what equipment he needs, where, what, uh, what he needs to do to get to the place before everybody else. Uh, because that's the biggest thing. If you can get there before everybody else and get the big, the, the, you know, the, the people bleeding and crap like that and all that, um, uh, that's the, that's the nature of the job. Um, and eventually he scores a couple of wins and he does it with this one station that Rene Russo is the, 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 um, the head of the news division or whatever at, at the late of the graveyard shift or whatever. Um, uh, Hall gets some really good images of this wreck and everything. Uh, and, uh, and he starts, he starts like, okay, now I'm going to start trying to do this every night. Uh, one of the unsung heroes of this movie is Riz Ahmed, who, yep. uh, uh, is awesome in this. 
there's a point where Jake Gyllenhaal hires him in a diner and Riz Ahmed has no qualifications. <laughs> um, uh, but, but like Jake Gyllenhaal is like, it's like, you need to sell yourself, man. You need to tell me what, 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 why I should hire you. And Riz Ahmed's like, uh, I, I don't know. I work really hard and, uh, um, I don't know. Hire Rick. You know, <laughs> that's all he says. and uh, and he's like, "You got the job," and uh, and so they start doing this, and and it's it's Gyllenhaal trying to learn how to have an employee. It's the employee trying to learn the, you know, the ins and outs of of his psychopath boss, um, and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal continues to start doing things that that are very over the line. Um, uh one of the one of the things he does uh near the bit like i guess it's near the beginning like in the middle is he gets to a wreck before anybody else and he finds his perfect shot he goes up to on this hill he's got a camera he's looking down at the at the cars and he's like oh if only he goes down he goes down to the down the hill and drags the body into the middle of the two cars <laughs> and then goes back up to the hill and gets that perfect shot and everything and then and then leaves you know then he goes and uh he he uh hears of a, a domestic disturbance he hears gunshots um he uh he he uh goes in and films people right after they've been shot he actually sees the 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 license plate of the two people who leave and doesn't tell the police about it because he thinks he's got another story after that um it's amazing how driven he is all the way through this thing. It's scary. It's also entertaining to watch in a weird fucked up way because you know, you're, you're kind of rooting for him <laughs> to, to be, to, to, to do well, but you, but you also know how fucked up he is and you also want him to get, you want him to get caught too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's so well done. I, I this movie I think is finally built, uh, you know, a, a reasonable, uh, audience that's built enough people who, who really love it. Uh, but it didn't do anything when it came out, uh, in theaters. Um, and, uh, Nightcrawler is, is one of the best. It's one of the best movies of the last decade for sure. Yeah. He, um, you know, he reminds me of this reality show I watched. I'm going get to get to a point. I promise, uh, a year or so ago called undercover billionaire. And it basically took a, a successful entrepreneur who is a billionaire and then says, can he go into some small town USA, not tell anybody he's a billionaire, explain the cameras as you know, it's about somebody starting a business and can he with a hundred dollars and a car and tank of gas, start a business that is successful. Um, And I watched like two or three episodes before I kind of got tired of it, but his strategy was basically just was the same as lose in nightcrawler because he starts with a hundred bucks in his car so he sells the car and then he he just does car flips he buys a car that's priced too low sells yeah. it for three thousand more <clears throat> does that until he's got enough to make a down payment on a house and buys a <laughs> house to flip it um wow. and nightcrawler is is that kind of driven and and that because he like steals a bike to to get his camcorder and whatnot yeah he's just yeah, yeah. the whole movie he is stealing he steals that construction equipment he steals that bike to get the camcorder he steals the end of people's lives and their misery so that he can sell it for news he steals mm-hmm. sex from yeah that female news director um, i was gonna ask that like he he bargains 
for her to have sex with him for yeah. the, the news footage. You could right? say bargain, but I yeah, would say it, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's he, very very creepy. The, the scene, <laughs> the scene where yeah, the scene where he gets that negotiated is when he takes her to dinner, which she should have obviously not even accepted in the first place. Uh, but he drops the bomb on her at that dinner where it's it starts off very cordial and he thinks that if as long as he asks nicely she he, she's going to give him what he wants yeah but then he starts throwing in these little things like uh i know that i know that you've worked at uh, almost every station in la for two years and your contract is almost up i also know that you work the graveyard shift and I also bought you know at the at the lowest graded uh station in the entire city uh and and uh and and starts telling her basically i know that you're desperate i know that you want the things that i can give you and you can see the drive that i have mm-hmm. and so i'm going to ask mm-hmm. for the world here because if you don't ask, if if you don't give me what i want guess what you're again going to uh be on the street looking for a job uh maybe out of la and you know um and uh and it's just and so yeah he does he he yeah, blackmail is probably the right word although there's not any sort of like there's nothing he has on her other than just the fact that she is uh she is close to again probably leaving another station and wondering what she's doing with her life renee russo by the way is 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 a great again in this yeah movie. she is um but uh but <laughs> there's even a point where he says something like uh, I don't want to. I don't want to negotiate the price about of these videos that I give you anymore. And I also want you to do the things that I want you to do when 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 I visit you in your apartment. And just straight up telling her that. Oh, he's so he's so sleazy. He's such a sleazy. Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, but uh, yeah, Nightcrawler, you cannot go wrong. I haven't run into anybody that's hated that movie yet. Me neither. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, everybody. It's time to talk about movie. Movie. Um, there was a movie on there that I'd forgotten about. Uh, you guys, you guys remember Four Rooms, right? Like, now oh, I didn't yeah. want I didn't mm-hmm. watch Four Rooms on movie, but Four Rooms was made mainly because four filmmakers were considered like the up and comers who were going to be the next big thing. So you had Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez, Alexander Rockwell, and Allison Anders. Mm-hmm. Alexander Rockwell's movie that got him into that spotlight was called In the Soup. Um, oh, I remember that. Yes, and that is on movie right now. It star- it stars Steve Buscemi as a uh, wannabe filmmaker who is in- who lives in an apartment and uh, is constantly behind on the rent and everything. And he has dreams of uh, of making this really pretentious film. Uh, uh, starring Jennifer Beals, who's his next door neighbor in this movie. Um, and, uh, and, uh, he, he, uh, he has a casual acquaintance played by, uh, Seymour Cassell, who a lot of people may know as, uh, Max's dad in Rushmore. Um, uh, he, uh, this is a great performance for Seymour Cassell. This is a, a, like an unsung, uh, performance, I think. Like, uh, it's, uh, he, he's, uh, he sort of, he wants to be Bissimi's money man for his movie. Whatever he wants to do, just here it is. Problem is Seymour Cassell is, doesn't really actually have this kind of money. He's like stealing the money and he's stealing things to get to the, get the money. And Steve Simi's like, I don't know if I want to do this. Anyway, <laughs> I thought the movie was really good and it's on movie right now and I highly enjoyed it. 
in the soup. Was this from the 90s? Yeah, 1992. Two? Yeah. And uh, Jennifer Beals was in his uh, Four Rooms segment, wasn't she? Yes, she was, was the married. the one with the weird sex stuff, right? <laughs> right, the witches, I believe. or No, that was the Allison Anders. That right? was Allison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, no, she was married to Alexander Rockwell for uh, 10 Was she years. really? Mm-hmm, yeah. Interesting. So that's why she's in that. But, um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed it. And uh, I thought that was a, a great surprise to see that on there on movie uh, the other day not gonna find yeah. that anywhere else man not i mean you can maybe find it if you were seeking it out but that's the beauty of movie is that they curate this stuff and they give you a different experience than you would normally uh get by just clicking on you know the avengers for the 90th mm. time right or, um you know that kind of thing so uh <laughs> they've got an amazing library on there they've got a new film every day uh on movie.com and <laughs> I've been introduced to uh, what's called Japanese pinku films. Okay. Mm. All right. Yes, I, I I admit the salaciousness is what brought me there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But nothing wrong with that. Worried about what, that. What's interesting about this? Uh, first of all, they have a whole section on uh, Keiko Sato. Uh, it was a female uh, producer that uh, produced a lot of the uh, Japanese pinku films in the late '60s, early '70s. And I've watched a few of these things. These movies, to me at least, aren't sexy. They're they're more experimental than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this is like on par with the French New Wave, on par with the experimental stuff that uh, American filmmakers were doing in the early seventies. Uh, this is crazy stuff. Now now it it does involve sex, and this is why. Um, Japan labeled them as as what the equivalent of porn films because there's nudity in them, there is sex in them, uh, but the ones that I've seen are not about that. Uh, one is about a, 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 a badass uh, female warrior getting revenge. That was Woman Hellsong. Uh, I saw a, a very experimental movie about youth and sexuality called Gushing Prayer that just came out uh, today as we we uh, record this. It's just. It's a very interesting look. Like if you're if you're into experimental film, if you're into uh, stuff in the the '60s, '70s, uh, even '50s from the French New Wave, uh, the '70s from America, and you know who all, all of Europe is ahead of us. This this <laughs> would be very very interesting. Certainly would not see a collection of Pinku films on anywhere else except for Mubi. Um, and uh, you know this is this is the kind of thing that we're talking about. Something as disparate. As in the soup, uh, which is a Chris recommendation, and Japanese pinku films from the <laughs> from you know fifty years ago uh, of, of my recommendation. So uh, go to mubi.com, m-u-b-i.com slash cinemasins. Get thirty days completely free, a whole month free. It ain't no skin off your nose. It ain't no sweat off your sack. As uh, as uh, cable guy says, mm-hmm. just go there, movie.com slash cinemasins. It's a month. It's a month free. It's free. You can you can experience all this stuff and enjoy it. And let us know how much you enjoyed it. Movie.com slash cinemasins. <laughs> hey, I've run into people that hate this movie. Uh, this is a wreck of warn. Uh, Euro trip. <laughs> oh, God. Euro trip. Oh, hell, Scotty. Scotty, well, yeah. know. The, okay. 
the there's a Matt Damon cameo in this uh where he plays this uh Pete Wentz like emo rocker uh that that's in there just briefly and he's singing about the main character uh and his ex-girlfriend who he's been porking for the last like who knows he's just like happy anniversary when she gets up on stage mm-hmm. it's been a while yes. uh but uh, yeah so that's all i remembered about it because i've seen road trip uh several times i've seen sex drive uh lots of times and this is basically the same movie right it's just in europe uh and it's with no names man name me scotty okay you can't because his name is Scott Mechelwitz, and I don't think he's been in anything else of note uh, yeah. since then. Michelle Trachtenberg. Michelle Trachtenberg is the only one that that I really uh, realize. Now, there's a bunch of cameos in mm-hmm. here. There's uh, there's Vinnie Jones, who's hilarious. Lucy Lawless is a dominatrix. And, mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. talk about butt stuff, you comments. Uh, there's a lot of butt stuff here. The one guy like takes a leaf blower and like pulls the chain on it, and it's got three dildos on it. There's like, yep. and he, oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. this movie's so dumb. This movie's mm-hmm. so fucking mm-hmm. dumb. Mm-hmm. But I laughed my ass off the entire way. Uh, for some reason, man, like it, there's there's just there's jokes in here that that go a little bit extra, and I think it's because Alec Berg. Uh, was a was a writer and part uh, Alec Berg, uh, part director on this. Um, you know the the conceit is uh, there's a, a a guy Scotty uh, who breaks up with his girlfriend on graduation, and then uh, he realizes that his German pen pal, who he thought was named Mike, uh, he sends a email to Mike saying, "Oh well, don't do any creepy sex stuff with me." Turns out Mike is Mika. And she's a hot blonde in Germany. So he mm-hmm. decides he's going to go to Europe to find Mika and do the sex. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's, it, but the, the, the shenanigans are the fun part of this. Like uh, after the Matt Damon thing, um, you know, the day after he wakes up, Scotty wakes up and he's, he's like, he figures out Mika is a girl and he's like, no. And you cut to all the people like waking up and hearing the voice and everything. And you cut to Matt Damon behind the stage, uh, obviously having slept with his ex-girlfriend. And so he pops up and she pops up and then another dude pops up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I, I, I thought it was funny. There's a, there's a thing where like uh, they go into this English bar and Vinnie Jones is like the head of the Manchester United uh, football club fan club. And they eventually welcome them in. And Vinnie Jones like sticks two bottles of beer in his eyes and like pulls off the cap with his <laughs> eyes. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking funny. <laughs> it's so dumb. It makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, but there's, there's something, there's something about this uh, movie that makes it, makes it fun. It is dumb, but there are these little touches like, when he gets mail, it's like mail, motherfucker. Mail, motherfucker. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, Fred Armisen's cameo on the train is, <laughs> yeah, it's is silly. 
Um, um, it's just it's just one of those movies where it's like dumb, dumb, dumb. Oh, really funny part. Dumb, 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 dumb. Oh, funny part. And then you know, like at the end of it, you're like, did I did I enjoy that? I'm not even. Oh sure. my god! It, there's one. <laughs> All right, so Michelle Trachtenberg and her brother are twins. Oh yeah, and they're going to Europe, and so Scotty and his buddies meet up with with uh, them they go to a nude beach and everything and all of a sudden scotty's friend uh realizes that michelle trachtenberg is hot because he didn't realize this before fuck you yeah anyway yeah. so Somehow. so uh so the the male twin hooks up with the girl uh at some point and uh, they go to a nightclub one night and uh they see the male twin making out with somebody and they're like god damn it he's hooking up with a girl again it turns out to be his sister yep mm-hmm oh yeah it was so gross. Oh, <laughs> it was yeah. the most funny. Oh yeah. Um <laughs> all right, do you recap what we have uh recommended and warned here? Uh Jeremy has recommended spontaneous. Is that on any particular thing? Epics and um sling? <laughs> uh, yeah, just just go Slang. find that somewhere that you find movies. Spontaneous he recommended warned bombshell the movie about uh, roger ailes being a creepy fuck um, <laughs> uh barrett wrecka warned cold creek manor um he says it's as good as consenting adults so yeah. i may need to watch it oh yeah um so uh wrecka warned cold creek manor and wrecka warned <laughs> euro trip uh, which is uh, something that I can second. I can euro. I can euro warn euro trip. Um, I recommended late night the Mindy Kaling Emma Thompson movie from a couple of years ago. Uh, really, really enjoyed that. And I also recommended Nightcrawler, which came out in 2014. Jake Gyllenhaal is uh, is amazing in that, uh, and it's his best performance ever for sure. I'm gonna tear um, up that uh, that spontaneous and the late night for sure. Mm-hmm. You can um you can rent spontaneous for two ninety nine on Amazon. Um Prime. Spawn, 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 spontaneous. <laughs> I actually was gonna do that. You fucking stole my joke that I forgot. Oh well, I forgot mm. the same it's okay. mind. Hey, you, you know it, what? You know what? We can we can uh, have you do it and then cut it out. Nobody will know. We have some uh, we have some questions, some Q and A's. Question, question. I got something to say. I want the truth. I am listening. Yeah, yeah. We've got okay. So you people that are watching this live, and we remember that we're alive. It doesn't seem like it, but we do. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to have a whole panel of Q and A later on uh, in the week, in the sin week on Uh, Thursday. On Thursday. So uh, we're going to run through some that people have emailed us and Facebooked us and Pizza the Hut and mm-hmm. uh, Bob the Burgers and all that stuff. And we're going to run through those. And if we have a little time left over, hey, man, hey, man, throw us, uh, throw us some bones and uh, maybe we'll do something on the spot. You know, hey, I don't yeah. know. Is there yeah. air? All right. Is, is there air? Well, you don't know. Okay. <laughs> all right. So here's the uh, first one. Cool. Greetings from London. Insert Russell Brand-esque accent here. Yeah, he mm. did. As a Scot, insert Mel Gibson broke here. As a Scot. As a Scot. <laughs> if it's not Scottish, it's crap. 
Um, I have to, uh, as a Scot, I have had to endure many bad attempts at my home accent throughout the years. I understand that. Gibson aside, Robert Duvall, Jude Law, Christopher Lambert, and Scotty from Star Trek have all tried and failed at the Scottish accents. I'm going to stop right now. What movie did Robert Duvall play a Scotsman? Ooh, I don't I don't remember that. I don't even remember Jude Law doing one. Highlander, maybe? Braveheart? (laughs) Robert Duvall, Highlander. (laughs) There can be only one. There can only be one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, anyway, uh, this this Scotsman uh, says Johnny Depp, uh, who was Scottish in uh, Finding Neverland, and Mike Myers, of course, in many iterations, mm-hmm. uh, have made good passable attempts. That's very interesting because uh, it was very subtle as J.M. Barry in Finding Neverland, but I thought it was good. But what do I know? I'm not from fucking Scotland. J.M. Barry. J.M. Barry. J.M. Barry. With that in mind, Mr. Scotsman says, with that in mind, what are your choices of the worst accents in film? Okay, so... Rob Morrow's Boston accent and quiz show is one of the worst. Although I watched that movie over the weekend and I thought to myself, I can't imagine this movie without his terrible Boston accent at this point. Like it's part of that movie. It's as part of that movie as anything. Um, uh, Jeremy, do you know what I'm talking about? I absolutely do. It's like a, a warm blanket, that terrible accent. Yeah, yeah. Like he's his performance. His performance is great. Yes. It's just that the accent is wrong. It's it's wrong, and it makes you feel dirty. Mm-hmm, um. Mm-hmm. Uh. But uh, then you know James Vanderbeek's Texas accent and Varsity oh, Blues. You take that uh, back. Oh, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> fuck you. Um. And uh, and uh, you know. Having having recently also seen The Devil's Advocate, uh, <laughs> Keanu Reeves' uh, Alabama ac- or Florida accent is is awful. Uh, um, and uh, and I and I um, remember how I said I didn't watch any of the Richard Pryor, Gene Wilder movies. I've now seen three of them. Really? And uh, uh, see no evil, hear no evil. Uh, Kevin Spacey's British accent was fucking mm. atrocious. Oh my god, I forgot all about that. You're right. Oh, oh my it's god. so bad. It's so fucking he's, bad. He's 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 as British as fucking Earl Grey too, man. There was a there was a time where uh, yeah, there was a lot of uh, Americans trying to be British uh, <laughs> villains, and it just didn't work. And finally, we just started importing them over. So. <laughs> um, and, uh, uh yeah somebody also mentions keanu's accent in dracula that is also awful as well the uh Mm -hmm. uh his attempt at a british accent in that is uh, ridiculous Um, (laughs) i know where the bastard sleeps now i see a comment that says reese witherspoon and freeway which is exactly right i hate she's from here she's from nashville and she does this affected Southern accent. You can hear it. I was actually, that was what I was going to say. Uh, you can hear it in um, Sweet Home Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, finger guy, get out of there. Uh, you're distracting mm-hmm. me. Um, <clears throat> listen, finger guy, get out of there. Um, <laughs> she's Southern. She could have just done her Nashville accent in Sweet Home Alabama, and it would have worked fine. Mm-hmm. Alabama's pretty close to Tennessee. 
Um, yeah. That both physically and accent wise. And yet she put on this affected, you know, you can hear it even when, whenever Ben Affleck and Matt Damon play Bostonites, you can hear them go a little too far. Like Leo's Boston accent is better in The Departed than the Boston accents Damon. the Boston yeah. natives are doing in Goodwill Hunting. Um, I think I think uh, Affleck nailed it in the town because I think I think he did that. Uh, what is it? Charlestown is is yep. what the I think they have like a subset of their accent, like Southie has the oh, yeah. subset of their accent. Oh yeah, so, yeah. But you're right. In Goodwill Hunting. Uh, what are we gonna do up there? Uh, yeah. Have a mm-hmm. bar. Like mm-hmm. Jesus, they, they, they all even Casey. Casey's the worst in that movie in terms of his <laughs> accent going oh, too yeah. far, and they're all fucking from there. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, that's none of those were my answers to the question. Um, <clears throat> I think for me, the most notorious is, is Brad Pitt in the Double Zone. Um, mm, and yeah. he's playing I need like that a, money, Tom. Yeah, the line I remember the most is he says, You got yourself in a situation, um, <laughs> you can't get out of it. Uh, it's terrible. <clears throat> Uh, I wrote down whatever Jodie Foster was trying to do in Elysium. Uh, yes. Oh my God. Because it's not really, it's not an accent I can pinpoint. Uh, uh, nobody I'm, can. I think she might have tried to combine like South African and something else because the movie's set in South Africa, but um, it's weird. And then I, I will never stop making fun of uh, Scarlet Witch's accent um, mm-hmm. in Age of Ultron, which is now gone. And I guess WandaVision poofed up some explain explanation for that shit that now it's uh i don't think canon. it did i think it was just a passing mention yeah either I, way it's yeah it, it's bad and they probably stopped her doing it because it was bad and even aaron taylor johnson's accent in age of ultron is bad not good bad yeah yeah like when he yeah. dies i'm like that's what you get for having such a bad accent mm. dick mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> You mentioned uh, superheroes. This isn't on my list, but man, you can't forget Halle Berry in the original X-Men with her storm accent that came and went within, I don't know, 30 minutes or so. The same thing that happens to, I'm not even going to try it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So it's, uh, it's fucked up. Here's a movie that a lot of you probably haven't seen and rightfully so because it's bullshit. Rough night. Okay. Rough night is a girl's gone wild. <laughs> I didn't mean that. It's a, it's like a like a very bad things for ladies, mm-hmm. and uh, it's Scarlett Johansson with a mom haircut. That's rough night, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I just shake my head at the movie, not anything. And Jillian that. Bell and Kate McKinnon, otherworldly yeah. comedic talent with an Australian accent for some mm-hmm. reason. And it's been, yeah. it's bad. I'm not even from Australia. I've never been there, but I know what a what an Australian sounds like, and it's not that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why she did it. Uh, uh, and, and I hope she doesn't ever do it again. It's yes, probably, they deserve to die. I hope they burn in hell. <laughs> I think that uh, I think that the the thing is is that Kate McKinnon probably came in with that comic Australian accent, and everybody loved it when they <laughs> heard it in the room. But then they didn't realize that it was going to be the whole movie and, you know, and it starts <laughs> to be bad after a while, right? Like, I, I think that happens quite a bit uh, when it, where something, where something you've been working on just ends up being funny for one moment and then you try to do it for a whole thing. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, no, she's sticking with this? This is, yeah. no, don't do yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. On the topic of Scotsman, by the way. 
you never heard a worse American accent than Gerard Butler <laughs> in uh, in everything. Geostorm. <laughs> yep. Geostorm. I had the distinct pleasure of sending Geostorm with, I think, Chris. And, yep. uh, and God, I could not get over how bad that accent was. It's the same thing in The Bounty Hunter, which is hot garbage anyway, so don't watch that. But mm-hmm. if you do, uh, it's bad. But every time he tries an American accent, man, just stop it. Just stop it. Ewan McGregor does this too. And I got one more. Hang on. Oh, Claire Forlani and Mallrats. Like there's a lot of problems with Mallrats and there's a lot of problems with her uh, affectations in Mallrats, but the accent is one of the worst. Mm. I could go on all day, baby. I can bring the accent garbage, but I won't. Yeah. Hey, Aaron, can you switch us back to the, the wider shots? This is a little constricting. Ah, See, I got mm-hmm. I got a little yeah. elbow room now. I don't need to see that much of you. That's true. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, we have a we have a we have a second question in there. We do indeed. Uh, bonus question from the same person. I have just finished reading "Friend of the Show: Easy Riders, Raging Bulls," a book that you've spoken about many times before. Mm-hmm. What other books about movies? Would you recommend? And uh, yeah, yeah, this is a good one. I like it. I have uh, often talked about um, Hit and Run, how John Peters and Peter Goober took Sony for a ride in Hollywood. Uh, it's by Kim Masters and Nancy Griffin. Um, this is shortly after uh, Sony bought Columbia Pictures and uh, and put uh, Peters and Goober into uh, the you know the head of the studio. And they started spending very extravagant cash um, to uh, and and the the story about Rain Man is worth reading the book uh, mm. about uh, how it was you know originally a Spielberg uh, film and uh, what uh, I think it was I'm trying to remember who it was it might have been Peters either one it doesn't really matter they're interchangeable and in how ridiculous they are. Um, they uh uh the ideas they had for rain man uh when they went over to spielberg's house uh the way they talked was weird just like about just characters and movies and things like that the amount of money they spent you know 20 million dollars on schwarzenegger for last action hero 20 million for bruce willis on hudson hawk 20 million for stallone on cliffhanger um, all those different, all those different things. <laughs> it's well worth reading the book because it's just one of those like, oh my god, I can't believe that actually happened. Uh, Robert Evans, the kid stays in the picture, which is yeah. made into a, a documentary, uh, is uh, is a great book, and so is Mike Matavoy's "You're Only as Good as Your Next One," which talks about uh, his uh, um, being ahead of the studio of, I believe, United Artists, then Orion when it started, uh, Orion Pictures. Um, and, uh, and, uh, threw on to, I can't remember what else studio, but, uh, those are, those are, I think all three of those books I read while, uh, working at the Hollywood 27, whenever you had time in between shows, you'd read chapters of that, of those books. And, uh, uh, I recommend all of them. Hmm. Nice. Nice. Do you have any Barrett? Yeah, I've got a couple. Go for it. Um, I tell you what, one of the books that uh, Chris actually turned me on to was "Best Movie Year Ever." Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about um, 1999 and how fucking badass that year was for movies. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and it's got, um, it's got, it's basically an oral history of like, you know, um, they, they loop a few things in together. Like, what is it? Fight club is paired with something else. Uh, Chris, like something that, that's, that you wouldn't think would go with it, but it ends up working and it's, it's, they've got a lot of panelists, some that are really, really good and some that are less than good. Uh, but the movie, the movie, the book overall is a fantastic read, goes really quickly, uh, and it will help you remember how ridiculously badass uh, 1999 was for movies. Uh, it was just awesome. Uh, and the other one that I have is is a, a it's Leonard Malton, man. Uh, Leonard Malton obviously became uh, arguably more famous for his movie guide uh, than he did mm-hmm. for the Entertainment Tonight. Uh, bits but uh his movie guide was legendary uh he has since written uh several other books like narrative books and the most recent of which i think is called hooked on hollywood uh uh, uh, passages from a a lifetime of uh movie fandom and man i I love leonard's prose like he he, when he when he talks he's so measured and he and he seems like he just really really uh, thinks about what he says. And it's the same thing with his writing too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got uh, stories about uh, interviewing Burgess Meredith. Um, he's got stuff when he was like 15, 16 years old. Uh, it is a really, really fun read. And it's all about his interactions. It's it's a little bit outsidery because he's not a filmmaker, uh, mm-hmm. but, but he is as plugged into Hollywood as you can be without being a filmmaker. Yeah, uh, and it's it is fantastic, and we love the Maltons, uh, so you should check it out. Yeah, he uh, he's got some great stories, and I, and I and I've loved being like uh, like interviewing him and everything because he really listens to the question that you ask, uh, really considers it and everything. And uh, but uh, uh, I don't know if it's it's popped up on our Sincast or whatever, but those stories with him and Joe Dante are really funny. Oh yeah, uh, man. Oh um, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I need to read this book for sure. And we could have talked to him when we went to dinner with them, uh, one, one time, the, the first time I think that they came in, uh, I mean, we could have had dinner with them all night. Like it, it was just fun talking with them and all that I stuff. I could have danced all night. I could have danced all night. Um, I don't read much lately because I have a very flawed philosophy that, if I have time to read, I've got time to write. And I have overcommitted myself to my publisher on a number of projects. And so um, I haven't read read a book since Artemis, uh, Andy Weir's oh, wow. follow-up to The Martian, mm. which was a good bit ago. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I think it was before we interviewed him, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I did get, uh, for Christmas... This binging with Babish Andrew Ray book called Eat What You Watch. Oh, cool! Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's full of uh, the kind of thing he does on his uh, YouTube channel, where he makes dishes from that are made in movies, like the Cubans uh, in Chef. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a very fun read. I haven't made any of them yet. The pictures are incredible. I think we probably even know the people that took these pictures, but that's another story. <laughs> um, the other mo- book about movies that I'm going to pimp. Is my own. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, oh, shit. Yes. Um, this comes out uh, May 18th, my birthday. You can pre-order it now. You can't pre-order the, the audiobook yet. 
because uh, that audio file is not created. And um, um, there's going to be a giveaway on Thursday. I just found this out like two hours ago uh, on Goodreads for uh, 10 copies of this book on Goodreads. And I will tweet out the link when that goes live, and some of you might be able to get it for free. But it is uh, one-third about being a preacher's kid, one-third about working in a movie theater, and one-third about cinema sins. And all the stories kind of tie back to movies one way or another. So there you go. You know what? You know what I like about that book is how you start the the chapters, like how you you started in it. It's almost like a this is a weird comparison. It's almost like a Simpsons episode, you know, because a Simpsons episode starts with one thing, and then by the end of the episode becomes a completely different thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you'll start with like a revival story, or yeah. you'll start with with like keeping it fresh and stuff like that, uh, and and tie it back into how cinema sins, uh, you know, progressed over the years. Yeah, and almost, I enjoyed it. Almost. Thank you very much. Almost every chapter is it's going to have stories from those three phases of my life, all revolving around some kind of a loose theme, except for chapter eleven. I don't even know mm, my own yeah. book. Yeah, chapter eleven is the one I call uh, actionable advice actionable for YouTubers. Stuff. There you go. There's yeah. also a lot of stories about you masturbating. I know. Um, really, the editor was trying to get me to cut back on that, but I was like, I've got to rep. It's a part Why of the story. It's a part every, of the story. Uh, it's like every other chapter, too. Like it's, I know. Yeah. You're done, you're done with the second one in chapter yeah. eight, and then you're like, okay, I'm done with the masturbation chapter. Yeah, you thought you and knew. And there's like two more later. How repressed <laughs> preacher's kids could be sexually, but you have no idea. No, yeah, and, and it's in the movie theater. It's during writing Cinema Sins. Oh, it's, yeah. It really ties it. It's in church. <laughs> It's when Chris yeah. and I go to the Redwoods. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm masturbated There was a five-minute five, five time where I couldn't. I didn't know where Jeremy was, and uh, you know, the intermission you know. during Hamilton in New York. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where you myself. went. I was sitting yeah. right next to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> this is a fun one. Uh, that's that's out there for all you MCU fans of the upcoming confirmed Marvel slate. Which project are you excited for, most excited for, and why? And this is going to be probably the unpopular response, but Black Widow. Um, I just, I want to know, because this is almost, it's going to be kind of, this. I think this movie is going to be good for Marvel because it's going to get us back to reset around the time that, uh, you know, Infinity Wars and Endgame left us off and everything. uh, I think that it's going to get us back into that. They're trying to get it, get that goodwill back uh, after not being around. Well, only WandaVision. I, I don't know how many people watched WandaVision, but uh, yeah, who but, knows? Nobody knows. <laughs> yeah. Nobody really knows. Uh, but, um, but I, I I'm going to, I'm interested to see how that movie is going to sort of a, it's going to be an origin story, but it's also B going to be a movie that semi bridges the next uh, phases yeah. and everything so i'm kind of interested in on in that i don't i'm not like you know i don't i don't think that they're that, that, that the reasons the 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 path that they take is going to be like amazing or anything i think whenever you make a movie like this where you're basically you did it because people were calling you out rightfully for not making a black widow movie in the first place uh and you and you and you try to like uh you know kind of shoehorn some sort of connection into the next phases and that it's probably not going to be the best, but uh, I'm I'm down for it, and uh, uh, especially uh, you know Florence Pugh and all that. I'm 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 uh, I'm down. So I'm oddly uh, that trailer kind of got me. Now, granted, it was like 
six years ago when I yeah, saw it was. that trailer. It was. But I remember thinking, I really want to see this. So I'm in the same boat. And I, it's probably wishful thinking to think that that's the reason they kept pushing it because they knew they had something awesome on their hands and they didn't want it to fizzle at the box office. But I don't know. Um, for me, I wrote down Eternals uh, because I'm. Uh, this is a good t- a chance to correct my pronunciation uh, because apparently the director's name is Chloe Zhao. And I've mm-hmm. been saying Zhao like an ignorant American. And I saw a great thread uh, on Twitter the other day that corrected me on can, that. Can I, can, I, can I interject a bit, though? It's sure, not like I... it's no, it's not like we ever get to hear somebody's name. And yeah. I, I, here's another thing we, we've been doing a bunch of interviews lately with people who have names that are hard to pronounce. Mm-hmm. And I go on YouTube and I look it up and I'm like, oh, that person said this name right in front of the person. And so that must be the right one. And then I go before the, in the pre-show, I'm like, so is your name pronounced this way? And they're like, no, <laughs> it, it's pronounced some other way. And, uh, and, uh, and I'm like, oh, okay. Cause on YouTube, this person asked you a question and they said your name and you didn't correct them or they cut out the correction. I don't know. Uh, but I think we get a little bit too much shit about well, there's not that. knowing somebody yeah. na- how it's pronounced a lot of times. Hey, we uh, we just know. had the the discussion last week about uh, Stephen Yun's name. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think I said Yen, and somebody else said Yuen. And uh, I had that uh, clip from uh, Conan O'Brien's show where dude was like, he knew Conan for like they went to Korea together for like you know years. Mm-hmm. And on the way back from Korea, he's like, you know, you've been mispronouncing my name the entire time. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what the fuck, man? We're friends. But yeah. it's apparently Stephen Young. And he never corrected Conan. He never, you know, corrected other. It's like Steve Buscemi, uh, mm-hmm. who, we, you know, how many different uh, pronunciations does he have? Right. Anyway, I I uh, derailed. Sorry, Jeremy. Yeah, sorry about that. I just wanted to interject. Nope. <clears throat> I think we hit ourselves over the head a little bit too much about our pronunciation. Uh, uh, and and once we fi- once we figure it out, we try to say it the right way. So that's right. Do. Anyway, we do. Um, Eternals is very high on my list. Uh, I want to see what that director and her visuals do with uh, Marvel property. Property, uh, but also uh, yesterday I saw on Twitter a video of Oscar Isaac training for Mm -hmm. the moon Knight series that they're going to do and i didn't know shit about moon Knight, uh but oscar isaac got my attention and so i looked it up and he's kind of like a batman um Hmm. only he's got barrett's favorite condition disassociative identity disorder um now i see i see what's happening here but i want to point out Mm -hmm. this is going to give us a chance because from what i understand each of his different personalities is its own character with their own motivations in terms of being a vigilante. I'm sure people are correcting me in the things already, but um, I love this actor and I love the idea of him being able to play multiple characters in a superhero show. And apparently they're going to lean into mental health and he's, he's a former soldier who suffered trauma. And I don't know if they're going to go, full disassociative uh or if they're going to i don't know like explain it away with a hand wave um but the training looked awesome like the fights were going to be awesome and i love oscar isaac so uh, that one is now on my radar and it previously Mm. was not is that on netflix 
Uh, it's going to be a Disney Plus show, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, as Jonathan would say, der. Uh, <laughs> I, I know better than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, those are good. Eternals, man. Eternals, I think, has the the potential to really be great if mm-hmm. if they let if they let that storyline really take root. That cast is incredible, man. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm excited about that movie. I tell you what, it's been forever since I've seen Angelina Jolie do like a high profile uh, role. Anything, you know? Um, yeah, and I know she's had some health issues, and I know. You know, she went through the divorce and everything, but uh, God bless her. God bless her. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to see some more Julie. And, and and John Voight's her dad. I mean, come on. I mean, there's so many things. She's been that... dealing with the Voight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, what I'm geeked about, and even though it's 2022, is the Doctor Strange sequel. Yeah. Uh, I've been on record as saying Doctor Strange is probably my second favorite MCU uh, uh, film um, behind Iron Man, the first Iron Man. Because I think Scott Derrickson did something that nobody else has done in the MCU is make make a completely different um, different style of movie. There is there's very little physical violence that happens in this in this film. The way it ends is unlike anything that we've we've seen. We always say that we see same versus same at the end of even a movie as great as Black Panther. It's same versus same. Mm-hmm. Not the case in Doctor Strange. Uh, you move past the uh, the Mads Mikkelsen character and get to Dormammu, and it's crazy. So obviously, you know the uh, the next one is going to be Multiverse of Madness, and that's such a Gonzo title just on the face of it that I, I'm in. Then having seen Wandavision and how they could work in the multiverse, uh, how much I love Benedict Cumberbatch. We're talking about him a lot today. Uh, how much I like him playing that character especially now that Tony's gone so that you don't have a lot of redundancy in there. Mm. Um, I, I can't wait. I can't wait for it. I'm also geeked about Eternals. I'm geeked about Far From Home. Far, No Way <laughs> no, Home. No Way, no way Home. home. Mm. Um, and uh, all, all four of the MCU products that are coming out this year, I'm, I'm cool with. Uh, but I can't wait for Dr. Strange. I, uh, <clears throat> don't forget friend of the show, uh, storyboard artist, Jeremy Simser did the storyboards for Dr. Strange. Uh, too. Yes. Yeah. And he also did WandaVision. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and that turned out to be, uh, a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed WandaVision. Enjoyed the first, uh, installment of Falcon and the Winter Soldier too. Uh, but definitely polar opposites from mm. WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so yeah, we've got a lot to look forward to. Um, I'm, you know, what is the one that I'm missing? Spider-Man, uh, Eternals, Black Widow, and what is the other one? There's four. Somebody write it down in the chat. It's, uh, come on, commenter. Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I know nothing about that character, but I can't, uh, can't wait for it. I think it'll be fun. There's, uh, mentions of the Thor, uh, sequel as well. So. Oh, um, yes. Is that this year? They're filming that. Well, I mean, I don't, not this year probably, but it's upcoming. Love and thunder. I can't. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a thunder. fan. Of Give me thunder. Thunder. Lightning and the thunder. Here's my theremin solo. Fuck that song. We got one more on this uh, list of questions, and then we'll we figure out what we're going to do after that. We do, and I like this question a lot. It, it made my brain, my brain work. Uh, what is your favorite movie from your least favorite genre for example 
this person does not like war movies, but they do obviously like Apocalypse Now. How could you not? Yeah. Um, it took me a while, in, man. <clears throat> in general, yeah. I uh I like all genres. There's not a there's not a genre that, you know, you're like, oh, here's a movie from this particular genre. And I'm like, eh, I don't like these. Um, almost everything, there's there's something uh worth watching in each one. But uh costume dramas tend to be uh the kind of movie that I don't like to watch, and I don't know why. Um I think they there's a lot of sameness to them. Mm-hmm. Um uh uh but um uh, I love Sense and Sensibility. Uh the Ang Lee mm-hmm. Sense and Sensibility. I don't know if any other versions have been made, but uh that that movie is uh excellent. Uh and uh, I could I've watched that I've probably watched that movie ten times, maybe. Wow. Um, wow. So uh so I, I really enjoyed that, but that's probably the one genre that if you you thrust a video in front of me and it's costume drama, I'm like, that's gonna go a little bit lower on my list to watch uh later. So there you go. Yeah, I dig that. Um, you know, I don't like biopics. Mm, um, yeah, that's another good one. That's another and, uh, in show prep. I almost had I almost made this a rant because in show prep I googled biopics to try and find the one that I could say I like which is I'm going to go with Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. Um but Google defines biopic horribly horribly mm-hmm. like if there's a real life person in the movie at all they call it a biopic. Yeah, uh, it's like the I, Christmas movie debate, right? Yeah, it's like <laughs> they would call 13 13 days a biopic about mm-hmm. JFK or whatever. I'm like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But I love me some Steve Jobs. Um, and yeah. I think if you could have Aaron Sorkin write all the biopics, that might be <laughs> something to get yeah. me more interested in them. <laughs> because I'm sure that's what it is about that movie, that and the performances of the dialogue. Uh, mm-hmm. But his writing is always sharp. And then when you put it in the mouths of Jeff Daniels and Fassbender, it just fucking sings, man. I could watch that movie. And it's also great because the way it's told in these vignettes, you can pop in and out of that shit whenever you want. You don't necessarily have to watch the whole thing to get invigorated by an argument. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking about this uh, the other day because uh, it just came out that uh, Spielberg is going to cast Seth Rogen as uh, his uncle in his, in his own biopic, essentially. Yeah. And I was like, that's an odd choice. But then I thought about Steve Jobs. And yeah, I mean, Seth Rogen hasn't had a career where he's really delivered powerhouse performances, but I think Steve Jobs is probably his best non-comedic performance, right? He doesn't mm. get a whole lot of screen time, but I think that's that's his thing. I think that that's the tippy top. It's By the, the way, tip. someone throws in straight out of Compton on the the biopic thing. That's another good one. Yeah, it uh, is. Especially the especially when they play that concert in Detroit and the police say don't play fuck the police. And uh there's like there's some people in here that don't want us to sing what we want to sing. They say some things we say we don't want they don't want us to say. And it's like and then the DJ spit that shit and then it's boom just <laughs> fuck the police. <laughs> and it's like there's so much power that comes out of that that when they first get into that song and the cops are like lining up, ready to, you know, come in on that. God. Yeah. That's a good one. Is that the one, the part where Paul Giamatti is like chasing after them as they're riding away? 
where he's just like, oh, no, no, you got to get away from my clients or whatever. It is Paul Giamatti in that. It is Giamatti, yeah, yes. It is. Uh, but, um, yeah, there are there are probably plenty of uh, <laughs> moments no. where he does that. No. Um, uh-huh. how, how am I going to pop my filters now? I don't know. Oh, God. Pop, pop, pop filters. Pop, pop. You could put a sock over it like you used to do. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I that's used what to my do. college girlfriend used to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, I talked about this recently, so I'll make this part short. But uh, I I don't like torture porn films mm-hmm. uh, like uh, uh, Hostel and mm-hmm. uh, Hostel Part Two and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, uh, stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. But I, but I did mention that I loved Audition. Audition is such a singular movie uh, that I have to give it credit for. Uh, I think it was kind of before a lot of that torture porn stuff saw and you know, things like that came out. Um, and uh, it's delightful. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, but also, I don't really like teen dramas. Matter of fact, if it, if you gave me like a genre that I, I'm not really into, it's dramas. Like, uh, I just don't really want to sit through like people being dramatic. Real life is hard enough, man. Uh, but, and I especially don't like teen dramas because teens are bullshit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but I did love, uh, the perks of being a wallflower. Uh, yep. I thought that that movie was excellent all the way around Ezra Miller, Ezra Miller, uh, Ezra yeah. Miller steals, steals the show, arguably, mm-hmm. um, uh, Logan, Logan, Logan Paul, who is it? Logan Michael Thomas. Logan Lerman. Logan Lerman. Logan Michael Thomas. (laughs) There's probably a Logan Michael Thomas. Logan Guy White. (laughs) (laughs) He's 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 excellent. And then uh, Emma Watson. This is probably my favorite uh, performance from her uh, post Perry Perry Potter. God damn it! Post Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. Perks of being a wallflower. Perks. Go go check it out. Perks. Yeah. Wally, Wally Perks. Perks. Okay, so are we going to uh take some questions from the people who are watching? Uh what we do what are we gonna do? Let's uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's, hey let's Aaron, you wanna come back in here and we can uh, you can you can shepherd some uh questions in there? I need to know, Aaron, hey. could you hey. hear us when we were in the in the waiting room? No, I couldn't hear you, but I saw you dancing to the pre show music. That was amazing. Yeah. Okay, because mm-hmm. I made up a song to that music yeah called uh it's called uh and uh mm. barrett should have a fun time listening i don't even know if the whole music got recorded though so it he's did. gonna get on my audio file he's gonna get like four minutes of silence with me nice. going oh uh, mm-hmm. uh. hey master <laughs> p that's good in the song called called make him say uh Oh, uh, oh, see, that's more mm, words than I put mm, in my song. Well, and and the the hook is make them say uh, na 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 na. Yeah, yeah, that's the hook. Mm-hmm. Make them say uh, na 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 na. Oh, by the way, when I was down in Florida, I uh, I was on the ninety station on Sirius XM, and I heard uh, Will Smith's Miami. Mm. That, that's, Miami. that's such a terrible song that's such a fucking terrible Welcome song to Miami where the heat is on all night and something it's to the break so goddamn Miami. awful Miami is soon God. be underwater half Ooh. of the lyrics are, are Big Willie going like ha 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 
<laughs> like, mm. uh. Well, oh, to be fair, half, like almost all of his songs, half of it is him going, ha, 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 That's very true. But Miami is his worst song. Summertime is great. Uh, I even like getting jiggy with it. But uh, Jesus Christ. I like getting jiggy with it. I like Men in Black. I like Wild Wild West. I like Boom Shake the Room. I like just the two of us. I'm a Will Smith fan. So <laughs> I like Nightmare on My Street. I don't oh, remember yeah. that one. Oh, yeah. I think I can beat Mike Tyson. Why is Bowfinger so underrated? I don't know. Nobody ever talks about that fucking movie, but it's awesome. And it yeah, came cool. in the middle of Eddie Murphy's slump. Like, mm-hmm. he's doing shit like Pluto Nash. And then he Holy turns man. around and almost steals this fucking movie with two different characters because his his Keith Kincaid is way over the top. Wait, Keith Kincaid? No, Kit Ramsey. Keith Kincaid is oh, his yeah. character's name in the fake movie. I've seen this movie <laughs> too many times. <laughs> uh, I do agree it's underrated, and I don't know why. It's uh, it, it's a movie about making movies, uh, but for whatever reason, Hollywood didn't go fall in love with it. Like love they do Steve about. Martin Here's in that. The, so who directed it? Uh, Barrett, do you want me just well, to... Like us. Frank Osp. That's right. Do you want me just to th- throw questions up and uh, ask yeah. them to you guys, or how do you want yeah, me to do that? Just- just throw the interesting ones on the screen here, and we'll run I'll just, as I see them. I'll uh, I'll throw them up there. Um, I mean, if there a couple are people any... have asked this, uh, I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Uh, I appreciate that. It's uh... people. What show are you listening to? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't watch yeah. the Sincast. Ask about Aaron. You should have done that yesterday. <laughs> yeah, you're you're actually really shitty people for asking how Aaron. Is <laughs> uh, let's see. Question to Jeremy: uh, Did you get the White Castle gift card, and did you ever try it? No, and no, uh, and well, I wrote a sin in a movie that's coming up. I just narrated it. I don't know when it's coming out, but I wrote a sin that said because a character has White Castle sitting next to them, and I wrote a sin that said he went to White Castle. He deserves everything he gets. So there you yeah. go. Nice. You can't. Uh, you're yeah. uninformed. You can't well, say that. But well, you uh, haven't had every burger either. We're all uninformed. The uh, the White Castle card came in the um, uh, PO box. Oh, it yes. is here at my house. Oh. Uh, I, and I have not uh, uh, ventured to send it out or anything. I was sort of waiting, actually, until we could all get together again rather than just mailing it. Well, uh, why don't we do that? We'll not... all go to White Castle together, uh, and, and I won't order anything. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> the fries are good. Uh, yeah. We, yeah, we could get like a suitcase. They have suitcases yeah. of White Castle. Pet 69 oh, says, be... uh, if you were in the Abel's universe, what would your custodian's power be? It's easy. It's, uh, it's telekinesis. It's the main character's power. I, I, ever since I was a little kid, I thought this was like the whammy answer because people would say, well, I want to fly. And my brain has always been, if I can move things with my mind, I can fly with my mind power. I don't need mm. the power of flight. I don't need lightning bolts from my fingers. I'll grab one out of the sky with my telekinesis and throw that shit at you. Uh, mind so bullets! That's the that's the reason. <clears throat> Mind bullets. Ready for the next one? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, hang hang on. Okay. Hang okay. On. Hey. Yeah, that's After why watching have. the Invisible Man, I think I want to be invisible, or not all the time invisible. Be sure able to one, turn it on and off. Not sure yeah. one one thought should follow the other. <laughs> okay, stay with me here. It's I would use my powers for good and not evil, uh, but. It it really is amazing how 
powerful this dude is, even though like he doesn't have superpowers, he doesn't have super strength or anything. It's just literally, if you get into the right position, which you can because nobody can see you, like you can overpower anybody, and that that's dope. And plus, you you get to walk around naked, uh, if you want to, and just let that shit hang out. It's all invisible. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Now, good enough. Now, now can we move on? Uh, yes, Laura says, when will Barrett's Red Pocket Squares hit the CS merch store? Monogram Pocket Squares with the M. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. That sounds lovely. <laughs> we'll, we'll design it and put it up there, and then three of you will buy it, and two of you will return it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wonderful... <laughs> what the fuck, uh... <laughs> no, I'm not... I'm sorry. Let, let me clarify. Uh, let me clarify. That was not a dig at Barrett or his Pocket Square. That was a dig <laughs> at, at me and how we have never been able to sell merch uh, to save our lives. It is just a constant struggle. That's all I meant. Uh, Barrett's pocket square is lovely. Uh, it really a- accents the jacket. I did not mean to disparage Barrett this particular time. You, yeah, the comments have been very uh, pro-Barrett's look today. Lots of lots of good comments on uh, uh, the jacket. I almost, uh, I almost put a bow tie on nice. uh, for my, nice. my thing, well, but it was a little too formal and a little too constricting. What movie characters would you recruit if you had to commit a, a heist movie mm. character. Well, I'm taking fucking invisible man. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I'm going to uh, heist with that fucker. <laughs> uh, I would, uh, I would take Robert De Niro's crew in heat. Oh, yeah. because they are, they do go by a certain amount of rules. De Niro obviously has a break towards the end of one of, of a couple of the, well, one of those rules at least. And that's what ends to his leads to his downfall. But for the most part, that's a crew that just can't get, get uh, stopped. So I just, I just watched heat like over the weekend. I hadn't seen it in maybe 10 years. I do. I would cut some things, mm-hmm. but it is so masterful uh, at what it's doing. And he just cannot let it go, man. He just can't let it go nope. yeah he is free and clear but he mm-hmm. can't let it go i also thought while i was watching this movie this time that in an alternate reality he lets it go and gets on the plane and flies to montreal and becomes the character in the score <laughs> uh, who does heists for money um, mm-hmm. i just think there's so much parallels between those two characters um <clears throat> but that didn't happen because he didn't he didn't couldn't let it go well, and not only does he not let it go and he goes back to Wayne Grow to kill him and all that, and he's got to, you, he's got to do the whole, look at me, look at me. Yeah. And that's he's a good 10 more. seconds there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I would take, all- uh, Ben Affleck's crew from the town, the aforementioned town. Um, and, and really Clive Owens crew from inside, man, that's a brilliant, that's a brilliant strategy uh for for getting what what uh what he wants mm-hmm. um but i think affleck has has a bit of the edge because he's got the physicality and he's got the crazy of the jeremy renner character and uh it, which is essentially the val kilmer character from heat um but uh you know i think uh, i think he's he's he thinks these things out just as much as bobby d does uh in heat and it's just mm-hmm. fun WLV540 says, uh, podcast network, my film location from earlier. What is your favorite filming location that you've been to? Uh, I've got two answers to this. Uh, One is uh, both Jeremy and I were on Paramount's Paramount Studios lot where we got to see their New York City, essentially, 
uh, and, uh, and everything that was, uh, that was a, a tremendous, uh, tour that we got to take on that. Uh, the other one is, is just because it was my hometown, uh, at close range was shot in Franklin, Tennessee. Nice. Uh, so there are many, many sites, including my future high school that are in that movie. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, it's got the Franklin square in it. It's got, uh, it's got Hillsborough road. It's got all these different places that, you know, when I was uh, younger, this is what Franklin was. Uh, it's no longer, I mean, it's some of it is, but no longer really, uh, that kind of Franklin, but watching Christopher Walken and Sean Penn buy a used car on Hillsborough road and drive a little bit further down Hillsborough road. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, sell the car for more money, uh, is, uh, is, is a surreal sight. So. The, uh, that trip when we went to the Paramount lot, uh, is in this book. Uh, but also, um, I will never forget the two, two things that the tour guide told us. She pointed to a building that was like 600 yards away and said, Jennifer Aniston is in there right now filming in a vino commercial. Yeah. And then she pointed at a doorway and said, that's where this character from Rizzoli and Isles lives. So if you ever watch that show and see her coming out of her brownstone, that's where they film every one of those entrances and exits. I always thought that was kind of neat. Um, <laughs> go ahead. I was going to interject. Someone wrote The Last Castle down because I'm in that movie. <laughs> uh, that was not one of my favorite sets I've ever been to. <laughs> Uh, that was one of the worst experiences of my life. I was in a, I was working three jobs at the time and was just constantly like not feeling well during all of that. So yeah, a uh, good one though. I mean, I have visited that set. I'm in that room. Also yeah. on that Paramount tour, uh, they have a, they have a building in the front of a lot that's circular uh, in the front. And it's basically the on lot uh, movie theater where employees screen films or where they'll show footage with, we thought they were bringing in J- something J.J. Abrams when we were there, um, and they had to kick us out. But we got a tour of that, and downstairs in the lobby uh, is where they filmed in Clear and Present Danger when Harrison Ford goes into a bank in mm-hmm. Columbia or some fucking where. It was just yeah. this building. Um, yeah. uh, and the last one I'll say is when we went to Chicago, we stayed. This is 2015, and Barrett was there. Um, mm-hmm. We stayed in the hotel where they shot uh, much of the ending of The Fugitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. another Harrison Ford connection there. So. Yeah. Hey, I've got I've got two that involve all three of us too. One of them is a Chicago uh, thing. When when you guys came up there, we uh, toured around right by the river. Uh, a lot of the places where they filmed The Dark Knight, uh, yeah. Marina City, uh, which is the corn cob buildings where the the uh, the, the big opening sequence where featuring Batman, where he jumps down the parking garage and says, I'm not wearing hockey pads. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course I hate to say it, but uh, that, that beautiful building that is Trump tower, uh, mm-hmm. that blue building that was under construction uh, mm-hmm. during the, uh, the dark night uh, we went by there too. And the other one, which was a happy accident, we're walking down Venice beach in, in uh, Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, and yeah, we yeah. just say, Hey, Here's a restaurant. Let's go in there. And it turned out to be the epic fish tacos place from I Love You Man, where and I got Rudd and, and I got eggs. <laughs> you got yeah. eggs. I got the fish tacos and they were delightful. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was it was fun. Uh, Doc Trancy says, what are good movies you like, but you can only watch once? For me, it's Whiplash. Oh, that's, that hurts me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I understand. 
Um, <laughs> Barrett turns around. Um, God, uh, I have to think about this one. I, I mean, I've, I think I've said this before, but the deer hunter. I I love the deer hunter. I know uh, Chris, you weren't a big fan of it, but no. I can only watch in. And I know what's going to happen with the Russian roulette scenes, but I can't I can't yeah. watch it again. That it's a trigger, no pun intended, trigger for me. Right. To watch Russian roulette uh, things, um, right? Especially towards the end of that movie. So I'm I'm good with having watched it once. It's weird because that movie would fit my answer, but I have seen it more than once. So have you really? Yeah, because it's one of those movies that I have been told over the years is so great. And so I have watched it three times maybe to oh, wow. see what's good about it. And every time I'm like, this is a piece of shit for a long time. And then Christopher Walken does the Russian roulette stuff. And that's the only thing that's exciting and tense to me in the whole movie. And everything else is like, you know, they're, they're like Pittsburgh steel workers or some shit. And it's taking them forever <laughs> to get to the war. And they go out, they go out hunting, they go out for the deer hunting and it's, you know, there's, there's a, there's a metaphor in there somewhere and then they go to Vietnam <laughs> and yeah, I didn't like it at all. They so. go out and they do the deer hunting. They're hunting yeah. the deer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would usually say something like 12 years a slave. Um, yeah. Um, I think Requiem for a Dream is really good, but I'll never watch that shit again. Mm -hmm. um, there's a certain amount of disturbing that I can endure uh, once for the sake of art, but uh, that I don't want to go back to. Because um, it's not, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. Not all movies are meant to entertain me, and, and some of them are meant to teach me, and some of them are meant to um, educate me and show me something I'm not aware of. Um, not always supposed to make me get out of my seat and cheer. Um, but I gravitate towards the movies that make me get out of my seat and cheer or laugh a lot. Um, that's why I'll watch a bad comedy like vacation or horrible bosses Two over and over and over, but I won't go back and watch Requiem for a dream again because mm -hmm. I, that I have I've seen it and I've appreciated its art and I've moved on with my life. Um, uh, since we've been talking, I think, uh, you know, a movie that we briefly alluded to earlier in this uh, is Leaving Las Vegas is another movie. I, w I don't think I have to see that more than once. Yeah. Um, yeah it's tough. There, there's something about movies when they depict alcoholism. Um, it's just too, it's just too much a lot of times, especially Nicolas Cage in that movie. He's deserving of his Oscar and everything for that movie, but, uh, there's a, this is why I was talking that we were, when we were talking in the year end podcast about another round, I was hesitant to watch another round for a really long time hmm. because I thought it was going to be that, but almost every alcoholism movie has the same sort of formula to it and everything. And it's just, and, uh, and a lot of times I don't feel like they're doing any, 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 any of us good. They're not getting us to sort of understand the situation. It just seems like, oh, what a failing this person has. Instead of like, you know, really getting to the root as to why these things happen. Uh, that's one that I don't think I have to watch again. Although I've probably seen pieces of it since I last watched it. So I saw somebody mention Nymphomaniac as being one, and you take that back. Yeah. I can watch <laughs> that many, many times over. And mm. it, everybody, and everybody has their favorite porn, Barrett. 
I will, uh, I will say, first of all, apologies. I know we can't get to all these questions, but I do want to know, Barrett, how many, you have an idea about how many more you want to take? And I'll just kind of, cause there's plenty of them. Two more. All right. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking two. Yeah, um, let's yeah. see. Well, this isn't so much a question, but, uh, Jeremy, where's Louise's curtsy? Hashtag justice for Louise. Uh, you promised Louise a curtsy on Twitter, on Twitter. Mm. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Here we go. There it is. There it is. I like Can't how you like yeah. the seether. I only learned. Dress, I only learned how to curtsy for Louise at last year's mm-hmm. Sin Week when we had told them ahead of time we're not going to like shake hands and shit because of because mm-hmm. of COVID. Uh, but, but now I curtsy all the time, man. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I opened the door for you a curtsy? lady at the store the other day, and you step yeah. you step back with your with one leg, yeah, and go down a little bit as you do it. Like, mm-hmm. Pretend you're a bird. Or pretend you have a dress and you're mm-hmm. pulling your yeah. dress out to the side like you're on Everton. Mm-hmm. Bridgerton. Right. I've learned something. something today. Uh, Cal mm-hmm. asks, what is your dream merch product? An actual pitchfork. Like a full-size <laughs> pitchfork. I love how you had that in the chamber red. fucking ready to go, man. Previously, I actually thought about this. Uh, I think that would be rad. Um you're gonna, gonna take some doing, and I'm not sure how many people would buy them, but that is definitely what I would do. I'm like actually afraid. To, yeah, I'm actually afraid to mention anything because somebody's gonna be like, "We do sell those. <laughs> <laughs> we should do beanies. Yeah, exactly. yeah, uh, I, yeah. Pitchfork is is the best answer, but uh, um, I don't know. Coasters? We've got coasters. Somebody even sent us coasters. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You don't sell them. We don't sell them, but uh, but uh, the the coasters they sent were awesome. They might even be in this chat right now, and I'm being uh, being a dick and not acknowledging who it is. I always thought uh, that uh, thongs would be nice. Thongs, 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 thongs. Uh, what? Thongs? thongs. Yeah. Oh, have oh, a little M on thongs. the on the front. Uh huh. Where where else? <laughs> but uh, but yes. <laughs> where else? Well, it's pointing. It's pointing to the important part. If you position oh, it right. Uh, let's, let's see. Can you, can you put him in? No, you're right. You're right. Seller you're blog. Right. Chris you're seems right. to be more generous than Jeremy when removing sins. Are there guidelines for adding and removing sins? <laughs> how, do you, how, how, how would that be judged? I, I wonder. That. First um, off, that's not true, I don't think. No, I, no, I agree. Um, but, um, in fact, there are times that I outright cut sins that are uh, removals. Because I just don't agree and can't agree, um, uh, but um, the guidelines for me, they, there used to be when we first did it, which I believe is in the gray. When Liam Neeson says, "I'm I'm going to beat you to death over a fucking billfold," um, there was there was a there was something about the delivery, or there was something about uh, being an iconic moment, or something like that. And now it's just you know if it's something that hits you in a, in a, just the right way. Uh, or you feel like this person deserves some acknowledgement like we did on the office, uh, uh, script. Um, it, that's sort of the guideline really. But like a lot of times I'll read a script and be like, you want to take a sin off because the movie's doing something right for a change, like something that other <laughs> movies don't do. I don't like that at all. It's like the end uh, of Quiz Show, where he's like, I don't think <laughs> you should be praised simply for at long last telling the truth. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so. 
what's fun is when multiple writers on a script disagree like the my favorite one was dicer and i doing the aladdin remake and he really enjoyed that uh yeah the will smith take on that uh, prince ali yeah yeah and i wrote a so he removed a sin in his sin and i wrote one that i'll give you one guess what stayed i'll give you one guess Um, (laughs) they know (laughs) they know I, I overruled you on that one. It doesn't happen very often, but it is it is funny, like Chris says, when you're going through a script and you're like, that gets a sin removal? This movie's a turd. Like, Because I think what it is is that we genuinely like movies and we feel bad sometimes <laughs> beating up or only beating up on a movie. So it trains us to maybe look for good in places where it isn't there. Yeah. I don't know. Well, all right. Hey, um, I want to thank Aaron Dicer, who has been uh, behind the scenes all day today and will be doing this uh every oh, thanks, every man. session this week he's been involved in and he set up and he planned and you guys probably don't necessarily know that but he and jonathan and danae do a lot more than we do in terms of the hands-on sin week planning and managing the sin club at patreon and uh, they deserve all your kudos and i want to personally thank everybody in this chat and everybody that had to duck out earlier and everybody that's watching this later on because you couldn't be there live uh, we really really appreciate your support Very nice mm-hmm. yeah um dude we can't say it any better man i second that i second that i sound like an awful person (laughs) and uh maybe maybe bonus footage can show how white jeremy was when he first came on (laughs) how white i was no this is fantastic this was a lot of fun next year baby next year do this next year right in front of your eyeballs and in person curtsying in person mm-hmm. we're gonna eat we're gonna drink we're gonna be merry and yeah it'll be a lot of fun but that this is like an this m&m it sounds like an m&m lyric curtsy in person <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to do curtsy in person uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny because you're exactly right it absolutely sounds like something he would say yep oh jesus um <laughs> all right that's gonna do it uh for this a week uh keep going to sincast presented by cinema sense on facebook we're also on cinema sense twitter music video since twitter we're on discord and we're on soundcloud if you want to get on discord just go to facebook and private message me and i will give you a link but that's going to do it for this week it's chris atkinson jeremy scott barrett share and a cameo from aaron we'll see you next time thanks for listening Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. There's no way I'm going to be in that book. That guy's writing about Josie and the Pussycats. That's one. That's one I've wanted to put on our schedule, Josie and the Pussycats, because it's got this following. At oh this yeah. Point. Oh yeah. But it's only on DVD. That's fucking stupid. Oh, that's fucking stupid. Am I uh, remembering correctly that movie's kind of sexy? Uh, it's got its moments. Well, um, I mean, it's got Rosario Dawson, and it's got uh, Rachel Lee Cook. Rachel Lee Cook, and it's got was it Tara Reid? Yeah, yeah, Terry. That's right. Uh, I mean, I mean, of course. I mean, two thousand one. I mean, just their mere presence is sexy.
Shut the fuck up, Barrett.